Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Mina. And I'm Tom. And today we are going into the world of you to talk about Mamoru Hosoda and Studio Chizu's latest film, Bell. I'm excited. We've been waiting for this for a long time. This is going to be... This is a good film, y'all. This film whips. This this film does, in fact, whip. It slaps. It rocks and it rolls. Yes. So if, you may if notice I might that. borrow some some nomenclature from like 1980s film reviewers, <laughs> you may notice that only um, tubular. Sloane did not mention the word Digimon once in there. So just to give some like um, you know background on that, uh, uh, this is of course the sort of like. We can't. I think we've collectively agreed this is like a trilogy of sorts, essentially. Yeah, where it's, it's it's the stop. the Mamoru Hosoda's Internet of Things trilogy. Yeah, yeah so basically, you start with our war game, uh, Digimon Adventure, our war game, uh, known over here as part of Digimon the movie. Um, then you go on to 2009's Summer Wars, a full, um, a full decade later. Wow. Yeah, which is basically a remake of. Our war game into a whole film album by itself. Go check out our uh, podcast episode about that if uh, if you're interested. Yeah, um, honestly, I think I think both the summer wars and our war game episodes are two of our two of our most interesting. So if you're looking for a good place yes. to to backtrack, if you if you're if you're just starting this podcast like this season, those are two really good ones. Um, yes. I think our war game has some of the funniest jokes we've ever made as well. Yeah. Oh well, I need to go back and listen to that then to see to 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 just because I don't remember. You're, you're thinking about your <laughs> Bill Clinton remember. impersonation, aren't you, Mina? No, I would never consider anything related to Bill Clinton funny. Uh, that's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, um. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is kind of like the third one. Uh. But as we'll get into, I guess during our discussion, this one is this one kind of stands apart from the pack. Um. For being like a wholly original story compared to the other two. Um and well compared to some wars I guess and yeah it's only just come out this year technically last year I guess in Japan uh, yeah in Japan at the the Khan Film Festival yeah it did the rounds and and got a few you know uh, ovations and such like that which fourteen was minute cool ovations no less yeah they get they get kind of they they get kind of hard for the clapping and all that Khan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cans. I thought I thought I thought Americans were the ones who loved clapping. No, don't y'all clap on the plane lands, Sloan? I don't, but I don't go but on like planes Americans anymore. Americans do, right? I mean, no yes, they do. They clap no after movies. Yeah, which is the it best. was it was really funny. I I, I had a friend um, visiting from Australia, and we went to go see a movie. Um, and when people clapped at the end, she looked around and was like, "Are you people insane? Like they can't hear you, you know?" <laughs> Apparently, that's also a very cultural thing, is clapping after a movie. They don't yeah, that, that happens there. a lot. <laughs> that's a good response. Um, <laughs> so, Hisoda, uh, Mamoru Hisoda's done other, other stuff, of course. And, you know, he's, he did um, he did one of the One Piece films in the 2000s. He's also done, yes. and then since then, he's done a whole bevy of, of like his of other films, like uh, Wolf Children. The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Uh, a the Boy, boy and the Beast. beast. A boy and the beast, yeah. Breaking Bad, the chemist <laughs> and the kinda, kid. Kind of slapped it together with the boy and his blob there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's a hook button in of sorts in that film. I don't know. I, I, I wish I could try. Like, More games need hook buttons. Think, let's just let's just make that clear. <laughs> I think that film would be much improved if there was um, a button on your remote that you could press at any time to make the boy hug the beast. <laughs> oh, sure, good. absolutely. Uh, every, you should also feed him jelly beans that can turn him into an airplane. 
That would be also imagine, very good. Just, just immediately imagining that as like a, like a universal thing. So like you're just watching Breaking Bad and you can just make Walt and Jesse Hawk <laughs> whenever you want. Um, oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Then no, I would can, you imagine, can you imagine doing that during like the season two finale? <laughs> Disclaimer, I've not actually watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, neither have okay, I. Well, that's going right over your head then. But yeah, people yeah. who know, no. <laughs> I, I, I know that you're inferring bad shit because... That is ninety percent of that show, I believe, is is, is bad <laughs> it, shit. It is. It's right in the yeah, title. Yeah. It's all bad. Bad shit happens a lot in uh, Bell as well, although also lots of good shit. It's it's a very, I would say, bittersweet, mo- mostly falling on the sweet side of things rather than the bitter side. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, would say. And I think and, what and makes this nice. movie appealing and why it seems to have a pretty. St- I didn't. I didn't know this until I started doing research for this episode. But this film has a pretty vocal like hate. Hate them? Is that what you call it? Like the opposite of yeah, calling? but they're. The, I don't care what those people think, honestly. Yeah, no, those people are those people are, <laughs> are people who do not like just from a base fundamental level did not understand like the messaging of this film. I'm not afraid to say that. But okay, um, I feel like we we don't need to give that much oxygen to to them. Oh but, um, no, not I, at all. But I think yeah, it's it kind of speaks to the the film's strengths in my opinion. There, there's a lot of ambiguity in this movie. Like, doesn't spoon feed you a lot of the themes and and ideas that it's trying to communicate. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. and I people agree. who didn't get that and who wanted like concrete, you know, story and and plot like you know beats or whatever, like just didn't get it. Like. I think a lot of people have viewed this as a straight retelling of Beauty and the Beast instead of just using Beauty and the Beast as a framing device to tell its own story. Yeah, yeah that's exactly which was the thing I was kind of curious about before I saw it because, like, you know, it's called Bell. They're leaning on the Beauty and the Beast aspect. So before I even saw that, I was like, "What's so? What's this movie going to be about? Is it just about, like a VTuber who like experiences <laughs> Beauty and the Beast type of thing?" But it is so much more than that, and it's ge- yeah, genuinely incredible. It's... It's a wonderful yeah. film about like identity and love and you know joy and togetherness and so like support and like yeah I think vulnerability is one of the biggest ideas in this film as well the the notion that like you can't be you can't connect with people if you're too guarded and if you're then that's not just to say like if you're if you're shy or if you're you're paranoid but like just if you're surrounding yourself with layers of protective irony like you, you cannot form genuine connections with people yeah. So, so the, we're gonna get the, the the core message of the story is, I am cringe, but I am free. Is what you're <laughs> no, saying? No, yeah, no, you're 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 exactly right, and that's that's why I adore this movie so much. I, I I'll, uh, I'll I'll uh, back I'll back this up later. I would also say, um, it is also or is instead uh, uh, about people being free to be cringe. I guess it's the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, exactly. I mean, literally, the beginning of the movie starts with the main character being cringe online. Yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to? Obviously, we're not going to go into like we're not going to do the full rundown. Like we're not going to do a synopsis for our, an no. hour and thirty minute movie. We'll, no, this no is one a has two hour time movie for that. Long. This movie is two hours and one minute long. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> is it say two hours. We'll just, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I just rewatched hours, it. Yeah, yeah my, my I, I mean, says, I just rewatched it too, but I didn't realize that. So <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's tight. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's a testament to the storytelling and everything that it does not feel like a two hour movie. No, no, not at all. It's it's. I yeah. see when I when I first rewatched it, I, I rewatched it when it came out on Blu-ray back in in May, um, and I was showing some friends it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, it's like an hour forty, and then it ended up being over two hours." And I was like, "Damn, it does not feel like it." <laughs> the movie flies by. So we're gonna get into we're gonna try and cover everything in like a generally chronological order, though we'll yeah. be hopping around from time to time. I'm sure as 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 our 
conversation dictates. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, if you are choosing to listen regardless, even if you haven't seen the film or, or whatever, um, you know, we will obviously touch on spoilers and that. Well, you know, and all that. So, yeah, that's going to happen. You have been warned. Um, if you're choosing to listen on regardless, um, I guess a quick run through, like, just a, just a basic overview of, like, the film no like not not yeah, the whole I, plot but like what i will what, i will plead what, you what to officially about? support this film if you can like if you have the means to please go like this movie is on on youtube yeah. for five bucks it's on google play and, and itunes you can get it on yeah. apple tv you can get the blu-ray online i got the um, blu-ray online yeah pretty yeah, much like the it's, it's even on like the microsoft store if you want to yeah. buy on the microsoft store you can just like Please support this film. We need we need more. We know all of our fans are big Microsoft Store heads, so hit that Microsoft <laughs> Store button. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just saying. Even if you don't have like if you're not into iTunes, if you don't want to watch this on your phone or like your tablet or whatever, like you can just buy it straight from the Microsoft or rent it even for like four bucks from the Microsoft Store. Yeah, um, this is not this is not on Netflix or anything like that. Um, you know, I think yet, it's I on Netflix well, in some countries. I think because it has a Netflix. But when I was looking up where to, yeah, good point. Yeah. I was looking up where to watch it last night so that I could like plead people to, to go check it out. And it has a Netflix page, but it just redirects me to like the main page when I click on it. So maybe it's available in some countries. Check if it is available in your country. Um, if we had a VPN sponsor, then maybe we could direct you to <laughs> No, I would I would never I would never do that to our audience. Even even if we were offered big money for a VPN sponsor, I would abstain because every single <laughs> VPN advertised by a podcast or a YouTuber is a data scraping like scam. It is, but if there's any good VPNs that want to pay us money, you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mina, you're saying you wouldn't want to be sponsored on the internet. Boy, I wonder if that has anything to do with anything we'll be talking about <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, almost, it's almost like we're gonna touch on some of that. <laughs> Who would have so thought? Just, just, a, just a basic overview. Then, I mean, so just to give some context for things, if you are choosing to listen without without uh, watching the film, which I'm sure there might be at least one person out there who will. Um, uh, our main character, Suzu, and her... Basically, it's about her transition into a mysterious pop idol on the, in the virtual world of you. Yeah, um, which is... And... If you've seen Summer Wars, you was a lot like Oz in that. Like, it's a huge interconnected um, online metaverse, if you want to use that word. It is absolutely um, a metaverse, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's very ab- abstract Metaverse combined like with how... like a social media app, basically. Yeah, yeah it's very, and they keep it vague in terms of how you actually use it, but the, the general the overview is that you put some shit in your ears and then suddenly yeah, you're in that world. Yeah, it like yeah. scans your brain waves and like affects you. It like literally says that it affects your optic nerves so that you see like the world yeah. instead of your own world. It's very um, much like terrifying. You make you make some of the you make the virtual world concept of from some of wars, but you're doing it like eleven years later. So suddenly you can start doing shit with biometrics. <laughs> so yeah, like that's biometrics kind of where it comes from. The word biometrics yeah, so, yeah. was invented between summer wars and now. So yeah, like this this isn't this isn't like summer wars where you can access it on your your flip phone. <laughs> like, on you, your you DS. Like, Touch yeah. ID exists now and and stuff like that. So you know that and, yeah, and all that. And, so that's, um, so, yeah, they, they say off the top that like you has over five billion users, and like a ton of business and commerce is conducted on it, just like in Oz from yes. uh, Summer Wars. So this is once again sort of kind of taking snipes of the Internet of Things, where like when humanity puts everything that it does online, it you know it's going to cause some some issues in terms of like how do we regulate this stuff like what happens if it's compromised and summer wars is more about what happens if it's compromised and this this film 
not to get into like spo- like you know later plot stuff, but this movie is a lot more interested in um, how that erodes our identity versus our our structures or our institutions. Sure. So this is about Suzu, you know, who is a fairly meek girl in real life due to circumstances um, that I was yeah. being very early on, to be fair. But basically, you know, she's got she's just got her dad and herself. That's her family. And um, she's she's got a very severe anxiety disorder. Like it's it's yes. hinted at. Like there's an early scene where um, she has a panic attack, like pretty explicitly, like a panic attack that like full on like you know vomiting uh, and like collapsing to her knees and whatever. Yes. Yes, um, she, she's going through it. Uh, yeah, on, just on like over, it, it's, yeah, and it's all tied to the idea of performance because um, her trauma is a lot related to like performing and, and being in front of people. And um, singing. I yeah, think singing one in, of the in, core especially. concepts of it is like behind just like the idea of like actually singing. Yeah, but like it ties into the greater theme about identity and performance and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, like she's, she's very concerned about people seeing her sing, like, the, the one time she tries to do it, um, not even in front of people, like, just, just by herself, like, that's when she has, like, the, the panic attack and ends up, like, blacking out for a bit. Um, and then one of her friends, uh, Hiro, who's a little gremlin and I love her, <laughs> um, I love Hiroka. Send, sends her a link to, uh, you, like, an invite to it, um, so that she can finally escape her trauma like it is explicitly like, a, like an escape mechanism uh, at the start of the film like she is leaving her like her human world behind to to start like to start a new life in you and like that seems to be kind of like the part of the fucked up marketing for this this platform as well like when you boot it up when you, she boots up the invite it even says like out loud you can't start over in the real life but you can start over in you which is like a really attractive prospect to a lot of people who have regrets or traumas or like you know issues with their their real life identity um and she leaps at the chance like she you know with the I mean, she's like there's she's a little bit of nudging but as soon as she opens her account and starts um using it like she creates her avatar which is the titular bell um you know she it's literally within seconds of landing in you she realizes that she's not scared to sing anymore even in front of an enormous crowd of people just because it's not her like it's she's someone else now yeah she, um, I, I would say, you know, although there is certainly commentary sprinkled here and there, I, I don't, f- I would not say this film is about you. I, I feel like you is a setting and it's like, yeah, it's, it's a background. It, it, it's, a, it's a mechanic. And also, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily you, you as a place per se or anything like that. It's more just a, you know, the means of putting on the, putting on the, you know, the ear things for the first time, getting your avatar and, you know, getting masked, essentially. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's it, more it, about the it, mechanics of identity than the actual social media platform. There, there. I've seen criticism that the uh, the actual like platform of you is underdeveloped, but I think that kind of misses the forest for the trees because it doesn't matter. Like it's it's a metaphor ultimately. Yeah, they this. It's interesting that this. Whereas in like Summer Wars, Oz is very like, um, oh, what's the phrase? Like it, it's kind of an all enveloping. Thing. like everything is connected to Oz and, and and works through it and so on and you see the consequences of that in that film but yeah you, it's, it's centralized you, yeah so you is a lot more like it feels more like a thing that is it's certainly a big focal point and, and the nature of it would dictate that in real life as well but the you know this is mentioning and maybe this is just because they felt more uh, emboldened to do so but they're like they're mentioning stuff like instagram and, and and like amazon and uber eats and stuff like they are more this is part of a wider 
you know, online society, you know, a more yeah, advanced like, one than real life, but that's, yeah, like, that's to, by the To by. be clear, this is still far and away the most popular social media platform um, in this universe. Like, 5 billion users, that's like, that's an absurd market share. Hang on, hang on. Uh, Facebook users. <laughs> so, yeah, so as, I have to 2.934 billion as of July 2022. Is yeah, that it, Facebook BTFO'd. Yeah. How many does Twitter have? We gotta, we gotta see how badly <laughs> less. all these schlubs. <laughs> less, much, much less, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're, you're better off looking at like TikTok users or something like that. Um, yeah, like what, WhatsApp has more users. users than Twitter because WhatsApp is a globally available platform that isn't I thought you said by... Wattpad and was like, that is not true. <laughs> no. Um, so for, AO3, like, for, for, <laughs> for reference, WeChat, which is a, a Chinese uh, social media app um, that is not like publicly used worldwide, um, has more users than, than TikTok and Twitter. So like, the... yeah, it's yeah, like to, to put things into perspective, like you has more than like or all sorry, almost twice the amount of users as the most popular social media platform in real life. Um so like the the entire idea that like you do have two lives, it, it feels more real in, in the context of like it's not just like, oh, I'm gonna jump on my VR chat server with my friends um and hang out after school. It's like, no. You're not only on you. Your parents and their friends, like, are all on you as well. Like you're, but you're separate. Like it. It seems like you have to actively be following someone in order to be able to like have a degree of relationship with them. Considering like the the like, we don't get a whole lot of information about the mechanics of it. But like, there is a definite like sense of anonymity in you compared to like even just in Oz in Summer Wars, where like. Every single like if you're the fire marshal in Summer Wars, your Oz account is tied to like your <laughs> your fire marshal duties and, and permissions and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas like yeah, and in you like unless you put it out there that this is who you are, like no one knows that this is you know the same person you are in real life. I will say that I think if you think about this, um, I, I was going to say too hard, but that's not quite the phrase. It's like if you think about this much. Um, then, uh, as in, when, when, I say, when I say is, I mean uh, you and the mechanics of it and so on. It just kind of fall apart a bit because, as we, as we'll, uh, as is um, revealed about halfway into the film or something, it feels like um, there's a whole thing where you can be unveiled, uh, where like your your true identity or origin, as they call it, <laughs> you get doxxed. Yeah. yeah, you basically just get doxxed. Yeah, but <laughs> the it, dox laser. <laughs> but it's kind of, but it's like a notion of like, unless we do this, you can't be tracked in real life. But then, yeah. if you think about it, it's like, okay, one, you can like follow people, and two, you know, hey, guess what? People in the real world, they love to just, you know, so many people out there, especially nowadays, are just happy to like say, yeah, okay, here's who I am. You know, so that they can say the say a slur and then get fired from their jobs. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so and the, people love to just be brazenly like open about who they are. So you think only in yeah, Germany Nazis can't use you, it's... or is it like worldwide? <laughs> I think, See, I, think... I think fascists absolutely can use you, given uh, some of the characters in this film. But uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> like they they do make a point later in the film of explicitly saying there is no official regulating body in you. Like there's no moderators, there's no cops. All there is is yeah. com- companies who want to protect their own interests from like ne'er do wells will sponsor pe- like vigilantes essentially 
who will go yeah. around and beat the shit at people who are like disturbing the peace or whatever. But also, it's um, not real, so it doesn't matter. Uh, it's indoors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely definitely some commentary about like who you choose to be online. Like there there are definitely some some absolute fucking nerds out there, some keyboard warriors who would jump at the chance to become an internet cop and and abuse that power, which is like you know something we do see in this movie as well later on. Yeah. So part of so. so Suzu slash Belle is is like one half of the story. The uh, she is the central character by by no means is she not, but the other main character is uh, is the dragon slash beast. Like they yeah. they they, they, te- they seem to fall into calling him the beast more than anything, given which makes sense. But yeah, the, yeah. I think the the Japanese um like name for him is is explicitly the dragon. Like the movie in, in Japanese is called the Dragon and the Princess. Um. But because you know, obviously they they want to parallel um, the actual like you know seventeen fifty six French story of Beauty and the Beast in the dub. Right. They they and I think even in the official subs as well, they they settle into just calling them the Beast after a while. You mean the yeah. Disney original story that they they came up with all by themselves? <laughs> Shut no, the no. fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> no, even even they wouldn't say that. The, like story, the story that Angela Lansbury wrote back in the seventeen hundreds. I, I will say not not the point I want to make just yet, but I will say you know this film clearly has a lot of love for that film. So uh, yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, but this the, movie has yeah. a lot of love for Disney in general, but it also yeah. does Disney so much better than like most Disney stuff has done in like the past ten years. Sure, sure. So, so the character, the the character I'm talking about is is um, yeah, the dragon slash the beast, and like his identity, you know, is a core part of the film. And it's interesting because you have characters coming at it from like two different perspectives. Like you have Belle, who's like, I can see there's some shit wrong here, and I want to know what's going on with it. And there's everyone, practically every other character in the film is like. Uh, who the hell is this asshole? Uh, he, he interrupted my concert. Let's kill him. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is basically everyone just quote quote, quote tweeting the fuck out of this guy. Uh, whereas Bell's <laughs> like, hmm, I don't know, uh, so, something strange about this. So um, his likes yeah. aren't sussy. I think he's okay, guys. Yeah. yeah. So like the the kind of like the the plot progression um, is that one like Bell basically becomes an overnight sensation, and it wasn't until my third viewing of this movie that I I found out why. Um, so I thought when I first saw it that, oh, she just, um, you know, just randomly, like, happened to to make it big because, uh, you know, she, the first, um, song she sang when she arrived went viral or something, but if you look carefully, um, when she gets, she gets her, her first follower, a little, uh, Cleone, like a little sea angel, um, that was the first person to compliment her singing when she arrived in the, in the virtual world. Um, but her second follower is her friend Hero, yes. who then makes it her explicit business to push her as hard as she can online and make she her becomes a, her producer. Yeah, makes her like a viral mega hit. Um, yeah, yeah, which and is interesting because going back to like the, what I was saying about like the unveiling stuff, it's like uh, people in real life seem to have no I, no problems whatsoever identifying their friends, even when not explicitly mentioned. So yeah, know. I mean. To be to be fair, I think it would be Hero would be a pretty shitty friend if she didn't recognize you know her her best friend's singing voice, which is like you know very distinct in both versions. Um, I don't know if I if I had a friend that was online and they were like just like going by some different like you know handle or whatever like you know dog fart sixty nine. I'm not going to necessarily expect dog fart sixty nine to be one of my friends, but I might <laughs> I know a friend who would go for that 69. handle. 
but um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no. But like at the same time, this is this is a, a social media platform where the, it seems that like the only form of communication is by actually using your voice and speaking yes. whatever. Yeah, so that is true. That is true. It's yeah. yeah. And also, I feel like also, I think she I've, may have she may have like invited. Uh, she might have been the one to send the invite to. Yeah, she definitely yeah. was. Like you can you can Maybe see she her got, like the referral the referral payout type of deal. Yeah, that, that's true. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Nick's that, Nick's so, that point then, but yeah, carry on. Sorry. So, so yeah, I thought I thought it was. I didn't realize that until my third watch through. At first, I thought it was just like a ra- a random six, overnight success, but no, like Hero is going out of her way to to make her the next big thing. I get um, I get the impression that like her dad or like mom or, or maybe even both are like producers of some sort because she has that sick setup in like. She has yeah. the sickest setup. It's, honestly, yeah. she says that. She, well, she says that her dad's a day trader, so they're they're very oh, okay. wealthy. Um, okay. so like they got a nice her, house. It, yeah, it could just be that like Hero herself it does product like music production as a hobby and was able to buy all that expensive equipment because of her dad and like her parents don't seem to be very fussed about her packing up all of her stuff and moving it somewhere else. Um, so I don't <laughs> they, think they just, stuff she just can't use that room. She can use any other room to like laugh maniacally and yeah, prop up her friend. You just can't use that room here. <laughs> it's because that that room is like in a traditional Japanese house, the tea room, which has like certain cultural connotations to it. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. they probably want. Hero, so stop reading! It. Stop reading your Fujoshi manga in the tea room. <laughs> Please stop gaming it's... in the tea room. Please stop getting victory royales in the in the in the game room. The <laughs> Dad, I just got a Kamehameha with Ariana Grande. <laughs> she would do that. She would. Um, yeah. Yeah. But... I, I I like. Yeah. So she becomes the overnight success, and then and then that like you know she starts doing concerts and all this shit, and and that's when like that's when we see Beast and Dragon introduced and like he's basically he's basically like a um can't think of a word but like he's, he's an underground no, fighter essentially that's how he's, he's, he's an underground fighter who yes everyone hates because he like fights too hard like it's like if king kazuma just said you know what i'm just going to kill people yeah in, exactly. in Oz type of deal like he, I was, he goes that's too far and and the moderators get very mad and they want to unveil him because they're like oh he's ruining the sanctity of you type of deal yeah, yeah I, was, I was I was looking for like the word to say like he's a, he's a, like a par- it's not a parallel but like he's a spin on King Kazma uh, from Summer Wars like like mm-hmm. grand champ fighter and so on but he's not he's not like respected or, or loved in any fashion um, yeah you know, he's, so... I guess he's like a foil on that like he's he is a bestial fighter who is like comes out of nowhere to become like the the, the champion of the the virtual world's um you know combat system. But unlike yeah. King Cosmo, who's beloved and supported, the beast is like loathed and and feared in general. And they they say he fights dirty, and that's why people hate him. I don't know how that's possible within the mechanics of a an online video game. But yeah, I, I, I um, guess the I guess he's the lag switching. Is, <laughs> I guess the notion is, um, which is sort of revealed towards the end of the film. Uh, but the notion of it being like the whole deal with you drawing out inner strength and. There's some, yeah. There's some stuff to be said about that, perhaps. But like the notion of of like, uh, because Beast is going through some shit, um, he's able to like mess people up real good in the same way. Yeah, that he, Bell, he harnesses his pain to use his strength. It's it's uh, yes. you brings out like the user's like hidden like uh, your hidden talent or whatever. Hidden talent, yeah. like hidden talent, hidden strength. Yeah, it's it's that type yeah. of thing. So because of that, uh, the dragon, the beast, is very powerful because. Yeah, he's he takes a lot of the pain as we learn, and then dishes it out one hundred fold in really yeah, cool they, fight sequences. Yes, yes. They exactly. they gave out 
um, promotional posters for this movie at, at a convention. Um, and I'm really sad that I wasn't able to grab one because it's such a cool poster. It's like, it's like a close-up of the beast's face and it just says, who is the beast on it? And then like the title yes. of the movie below that, it. Literally what in the was film. he cooking? That, 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 <laughs> what, what was he cooking? Did he know? Um, that, poster, yeah, so, that poster is literally in the film. So like, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So the it's a bell throws a big concert in this huge like spherical arena, and the beast crashes it because he's fleeing from the justices, which are like the the aforementioned square moderators who do this um, because they're sponsored by companies to protect their interests. And their leader is the film's kind of like I guess you call the main antagonist. He's like the the driver of the um, the conflict for the most part. Yeah, um, he, he, he feels very blatantly inspired by All Might, like, yeah. from My Hero Academia. He, he looks like a cross between All Might and a character from Mega Man X. Like, he's got the same kind of, like, design he, aesthetic with, like, yeah. his, his blonde hair. His, his name is Justin. Uh, to give you an idea of how douchey he's supposed to be, the dub has him voiced by the guy who plays the Deep in The it's Boys. It's so good. Oh, wow. That's inspired. That's great. It really yeah, is. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's beautifully smarmy and very, very self-righteous. Uh, he's got, like, this crystal... Uh, cannon on his arm, shaped like a lion's head. He's got um, the Guru cannon. He's got. Yeah, he's got the. He's got the. Uh, the Jaeger Lawimon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just. Gonna, I'm just gonna say um, now. This movie, I feel like there's a Mamoru Hosoda takes so many inspirations from our war game in this movie. I feel like, oh, like you can tell so easily. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. I'm just saying, like the the cannon that he has on the on the hand. Yes, like the yeah. the big dome fight. There's a lot of stuff that I'll talk about later yeah, on. There's, but, there's, this is like, very even, much yeah, like in, a, in this a, fight a, scene a, between Justin and the Beast. There's a bunch of random girders floating around, seemingly yeah. for no reason other other than that they can be utilized in the same way they were utilized in the um, Diaboromon fight in yeah. our war game. It's it's very much like a lot of like love letter homages to our war game. I feel like, and it's like, and as I watched it again last night, like I was sort of thinking like, wow, like okay, like this, no, there was a lot of like parallels I can sort of draw, and I think that's very like awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, like, J- Justin appears, and he has a, his his revealing light, I think is what he calls it. Um, light of truth. And it basically allows him to dox people. <laughs> like, if he fires this beam at you, um, it destroys your avatar and just shows who you are in real life. Um, and yeah. he's trying to do that to the Beast, because if they can find out who the Beast is, then they can, you know, ban him or whatever and stop him from being able to cause any trouble. The, the implication uh, seems to be, like, if they do that, the person will just, like, leave. Because, like, there's a line shame. later on where, where <laughs> just, Justin goes, hang on, they didn't fade away uh, after someone gets unveiled. And, yeah. the, and, and the notion there of, like, okay, so normally they just, like, log, log off after that happens, which <laughs> yeah. is probably, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you I get dogs, you're probably not going to want to stick off. around. God, yeah, I, like, I wish I had a gun that forced people to log off. Yes, but you need to be ex- you need to be careful. Uh, you you that's what you want explicitly. You do not want a gun that doxes people. No, uh, no, absolutely no. Just, not. Just, let's, so, just let's to just make the log off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I wish I I wish I could just do a command prompt and force someone to log off. You you want the end result. You don't want to take that path. Um, yeah, that, 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 <laughs> this agreed. is the weapon of the enemy. We do not use it. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um. So he's. That's fun. So he's the one that's like sponsored by yeah all the all the corporations and so on, which is like a fun. I don't think the film's got anything like really meaningful to say about that. It's just like okay, they they, they do a gag like initially where all, all the sponsors show up and it's just like the. I mean, you like, could you could definitely make the make the argument that intentionally or not, this is 
you know, since Justin is, like, the de facto only, like, police force in at least this sector of you, um, that Hosoda is drawing a line between, um, you know, law enforcement and capitalist interest. Like, yeah, sure, the only sure. reason that the police exist in you is because big companies pay them to protect their capital. I also, I also think, like, it's it's perhaps more a notion of, like, he's... He's a very bombastic figure, and like him and the justices, like that's that's clearly apparent. Apparent from like, you know, they have a uniform. Like they all yeah, have indiv- individual avatars. Like as, some of them are like superheroes, weird yeah. people, and so on. Um, Furries do exist in this universe, confirmed. Yes, but they also have the same uniform, which means means they made a conscious choice to like brand themselves and so on. So like they <laughs> they they have like clearly gone into this and are, and are continuing to do what they do or started doing what they do for like, you know explicit fame and and so on and like yeah you know, slash and notoriety and and someone someone even says when they first appear wow they all look like superheroes like they, yes but like intentionally or not Hosoda is is making some kind of point here <laughs> yes yes it's a, i think it's a very like it, it's not like a deep point it's just literally yeah. like okay it's, it's not meant to be like a theme really as it is just yes. hey this is this is a, a a brief commentary on the internet and whatnot and also yeah. things also, because we've our protagonist Suzu, who's very, you know, her, and her background is it, it, like she comes from like she lives in a rural place, like it's very sort of traditional still, uh, as much as it can be. Um, and then suddenly you go online, and it's like this guy's like a you know sponsored like Leon from Pokemon or whatever. It's like he's just it, it, it's a shortcut to like be like okay, this guy's a, this guy's a doofus <laughs> like compared to Suzu, who's like very hot on his sleeve and 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 so on, even with the bell. Yeah, to the, to the so, point where she literally like donates all the proceeds she makes from being Belle to charity. To be fair, well, I mean, that's, she that's, doesn't that's, say that. Yeah, Hiro that is what, says that, that is what and I do not believe says. her. I do not believe her for a second. But, <laughs> you think Hero's yeah. funneling it all to like an offshore bank account? It never comes she, up. She's again, scraping so. a little off the top. She's got to be. <laughs> operation, I, I'm operation sure most costs. of it's going to charity, but yeah, Oper- she's taking some for operations costs. Which yeah, I mean, like that's that's not necessarily. Got a, as, as got a... Mom said, that's not like meant to be like presented as like a noble thing. That's meant to be like B- Suzu doesn't want to be found out as Bell. So because Bell is such a huge sensation, like they're like Huruko is like, okay, we'll put this to like charity. So that way, no one has to know who she is because yeah, she still exactly. has that fear of like being like this this scaredy cat crybaby type girl who who can't manage because Bell has become like this safety net for her. I will I will say like an obvious commentary an obvious interpretation that i think someone could make um you know in a, in a very sort of like uh knee-jerk reaction sort of way is that like oh the, these these are like social justice warriors like i, I feel like that's a, that's an, ob- an observation that someone could try and argue for when it comes to the justices you know given the name and like they're literally like someone's causing trouble on the internet let's let's sort them out that interpretation doesn't make any sense to me. It's like it, it, you, again, if you think about it for like five seconds, it falls apart. Like when do when, since when do brands sponsor people who like you know are like not afraid to tell Nazis to fuck off or whatever? You yeah, know? I mean historically, like, the opposite's been true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even and even like people who like go, go quasi overboard about about this sort of thing or like you know the people talking about how um, God, what was there was that thing going around on Twitter lately about people. Like calling out old literature and shit for being problematic yeah. or whatever. Like someone, even... yeah, someone, someone was trying very, very hard to, um, to say that uh, William Shakespeare is problematic, and we should stop supporting <laughs> him. Actually, 
okay so th- that sort of stuff no no it doesn't doesn't even ring remotely true uh in in this case it is more akin to like classic forum moderators like you know the, <laughs> just justin was on simple justin is like on something awful and whatever in like 2006 or something like that like <laughs> Being very, he probates uh, everyone who is disruptive to the Danganronpa LP. Uh, I, I, yes, I exactly. Wanna, I want to edit Justin pointing his his beam cannon at the screen with the caption "Delete this." This is your final warning. <laughs> User was permanently banned um, <laughs> after he gets shot. Um, no, so yeah. Era. But it, but it's that it's that notion of like obviously you know not not all those people are like just complete egotists, but plenty of them were. So um, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's, it's like it's that notion. We have friends who are forum moderators. That being said, I think it's totally fair to say that there are some people who only become forum moderators or Discord moderators or whatever, um, so that they can feel some sense of like petty power without having to actually like put in any work or confront people. Yes. Also, Justin had like literally admin powers, so you know. Yeah. yeah. You take that, you know, obviously, obvious reading to that. Um, so, um, yeah, so he's, yeah, but he's a very, he's a very simplistic villain. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, it's, it's just, it's just basic, you know, he's like, he is there to lord over other people, and that's that. And, and, you know, yeah, he, 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 he has kind of represents the, it kind of represents the idea of vulnerability being scary and, and painful. And that, like, his, his entire MO is, I'm going to shoot you with my laser gun. And when you get hit by my laser gun, everyone's going to know who you are, and that's going to make you log off out of shame. Um, yeah. So he is counting on everyone who shoots with this gun, everyone he unveils, to just inherently be so ashamed of who they are that they log off and stop doing whatever they're doing. Like, definitely ties into the core theme of, like, hiding behind a different identity or, like, trying to be someone you're not as a security or, you know, self-comfort yeah. measure. I think one of the... Sort of to put my central sort of thesis for this film forward uh, while I've, while it was a decent opportunity to do that. I feel like this film it's a, it's a lot about, it feels like it's a lot about safety in a lot of ways. Like Yeah, security this, in a sense. Yeah, sort of. So it like the, it's the notion of you know, so yeah, we're talking about Justin and he's like a very simple, simplistic observation of that like, oh, what does it mean to be safe, you know, online but also, you know, in general. It's like that notion that like if someone does something bad There'll be someone there to punish them, and so on, and and then he he he's obsessed with that notion, and that's that's very apparent. But then you've also got, but then Belle, her whole problem is is that she doesn't feel safe being herself, and that's where you comes in, and it provides that mask for her to be, or that provides her with an opportunity to feel safe once again being herself. Yeah. Um, but it also, it's more like it provides her with an opportunity. She's safe to like take it, take a she's safe to be ambitious and like she's safe to go out there into the world and say and say you know this i would say that you know the beast he's his use of you it isn't even about safety it's more just about like a a general escape and he actually represents a real need for safety yeah it's it's interesting it plays in the notion of like how you can and how like a virtual space like that or even you know thinking about the real world equivalents of like online communities and such how they can play with like provide notions of safety whether it's through you know just communities and and building friendships and relationships online yeah, like can't find real exactly yeah support networks but also it's not an, it can't be a one-for-one replacement for real life like it, yeah it, like you yeah exactly yeah you can't like 
you need that connection. You need to shed the anonymity and like the the irony from your person yes. if you actually want to connect with someone. Yeah. So the beast understands that, like you know, the beast is trying to cope use use you as like a coping mechanism because he's fully aware of the fact that he can't escape from real life. But you know, at least this is something. Bella is initially at least trying to use it entirely for that purpose, uh, and real life kind of gets in the way quite a lot to the point where you know she eventually comes to the realization that like oh you know i it, it kind of helps her sort of stuff out in real life but only once she starts like i, I don't know it's just interesting like she, she's, she's trying to like come into the bell personality but she keeps getting dragged out of it by like real life drama and so on and, and like school school drama and things like that and oh so yeah she, we, she can't quite escape and that's and that's we so have that's, totally neglected to mention but like a pretty major part of her character um yeah is her like i guess would be relationship with her uh childhood friend shinobu yes who like she obviously has a huge crush on um but she doesn't think he reciprocates especially because he dotes on her more like uh, like a parent than a you know a, someone who's interested in her. Yeah, um, he he has he has seen her need for you know protection and so on, and and he's yeah kind of because because of himself. incidents that happened with uh, the death of her mother when she was young, and yes, she she describes as uh this the scenario is her mother sacrificed her life to save like a young child who was caught in a river like a, a raging river during a storm. Uh, she saved the child, but the mother didn't come out, and so Suzu basically has been disconnected from her father because of it. Was crying a bunch, and so Shinobu was like, "I will, I'll protect you. I'll, I'll keep you safe." Type of deal, because uh, he thought she was being bullied because everyone was avoiding her. Yeah, and she, she doesn't know how to deal with that for the whole film, and and that's of almost the whole film, and and that's interesting because like he's he's the only one that's like able to sort of break her the veil that she's put up over herself ever since her mother died like she's she's kind of like in her sadness and she it's not like she particularly enjoys that obviously but like that's just where she resides now she has hero who is a good friend but also like hugely ena- kind of... en- enabling yeah. in, in that in that um in the way she's chosen to or, or continues to be i suppose because she's like yeah, he, hero's gonna... kind of like a double-edged sword for her in that she is like one of the only people that she feels comfortable like confiding in, but yeah. also Hero absolutely enables some of her worst instincts and tendencies. Yes, yeah. even even while just like actually being like blunt about, you know, oh, you, you know, you're you're kind of pathetic. <laughs> so yeah, um, but or, I mean, I guess it was vice versa because like Suzu's not really calling out, you know, she's not trying to call out or or better Hero either. So they're, they're kind of like two peas, two peas in a bit of a bit of a sad sack uh pod as it were so they and shinobi is very different like he's sort of there in the in the sort of the background as it were just being like okay is she all right no okay but is she is she physically all right okay cool all right good (laughs) i'll uh i'll I'll be around and and she's not like she has no idea how to process that um and she literally needs to she literally needs to to become him (laughs) basically before he can like you know, realize okay, I, my work here is done. He's a very tuxedo mask. Like he's at the end, he's kind of like, oh, my work here is done. I no, no longer need to protect you. And it's like, okay, he has been doing that, but also like Belle figures out a lot of shit by herself, and also like through her interactions with, you know, uh, the Beast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the I guess on the notion of safety, 
I guess I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how long it is into the film he finds this out because I think once you do, it kind of just it, it kind of just sets things off in motion in like a big way. But, yeah. But so you find out the beast is they they cycle through a few identities of like who they think it is, and it's like yeah, it's very there's... obvious. The, red, red herrings and so on. Yeah, like the the entire second act of this movie is kind of bifurcated. The there's the like the real world sections and the you sections. The real world sections are um, Suzu and Hiro doing their best to find out who the beast is, and they're like interviewing a bunch of uh, different people under different pretenses. Like they talk to this <laughs> this artist who has a bunch of tattoos on his back that resemble the bruises that physically manifest on the beast's cape uh, during certain moments of intense stress. It seems. Um, they talk to uh, a housewife who uh, at first seems to be very sweet and kind, but turns out is a, you know, massive pathological liar. Like, her entire online identity is manufactured uh, with stock she images. She ain't even a and, real dang housewife. She's yeah, lonely. Yeah, and falsehoods. Um, and they suspect someone who's, like, that interested in being fake online could be the Beast. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they think it might be this baseball player who... He's like you know huge and, and physically imposing, so he fits like the physical profile of the beast. Um, and there are like entirely unfounded rumors swirling around about how he's secretly a violent and nasty person, despite his like you know kind persona. Um, so yeah, there's those segments which are like they're they're trying to dox the beast. <laughs> they want to find out who the beast is. Um, and then there's the you segments, which are pretty pretty much a straight retelling of Beauty and the Beast, like specifically Disney's interpretation of it. Like, yeah, it's, it's about Suzu uh, Bell. Uh, you know, she figures out how to where where the beast is hiding, essentially. And and again, this is another moment of the film. Uh, quite a few moments, really, but where you, where you have to suspend your disbelief because he has a giant ass fucking castle on the outskirts of the city, uh, just hanging there like it's a fucking Castlevania. Um, he did it with his robots. You have to talk to a bunch of the yeah. You have to talk to a bunch of little AI like caterpillars and fairies to get there. Yes. Yeah, you you but, go through the lost woods, basically. <laughs> yes, you you do that, and then and then you go there, and and it's obviously a obviously modeled after uh, or, or highly inspired by the uh, you know the uh, the beast's castle in, in Beauty and the Beast. Um, but and there is scenes there where you know she's confronting him, and he's like, "Hey, get the hell out." Um, it's not quite the same because obviously there's no like. Um, I'm I'm struggling with my memory of Beauty and the Beast actually, but um, it's like there's no obligation for Belle to be there per se she's like just she's going off her own free accord and so on like yeah you know, she, she wants to su- she wants to support him essentially yeah, yeah she I, I feel like it's that I feel like it can't be unsaid that like she has a natural curiosity like she's no she's not free from like the sin of like you know uh um, yeah she's she's not above the you know the media media hysteria curiosity about who is the beast yeah she she she's being you know she has as nosy as everyone else but she's just acting she's more determined to do something about about it it. yeah and that determination comes from a good place yeah she wants to find out the root of the problem as opposed to i just want this guy to be hit by the log off beam yes it's a very interesting thing it's like it's trying to tell at first like you know she's she is she finds him enigmatic for some reason and she and you know there's the film kind of plays around with the notion of like oh is she like attracted to him and so on and there's like a point where you know she literally tests that theory which is a weird moment but it's kind of like (laughs) okay well under the guise of online anonymity and so on it kind of makes sense why that would happen but it's very quickly shot down uh as like the, the beast is not romantically interested um but you know he does slowly start to 
open up to to her and you know he'll also literally protect her from the from the justices after our point as well so um it's yeah they're just trying to find out you know figure out who they each other are and she's trying to get him she, she's just trying to learn more about him and he's like trying to basically like play the the game of like okay how much how vulnerable can i be around this person like yeah yeah and and, and that's it's... and that's really interesting they they do a number where there, there is you know there is a dance scene and so on which is obviously the most direct homage to beauty and the beast um uh it doesn't look as good <laughs> Um, I feel like it's the only moment in that film which I would say it does not hold up to like, um, I don't know, it does not hold up to that standard if that makes sense. Like, I it, don't it, think it, it even is intending to. I would no, say no, 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 it's it's not. But um, yeah, there's there's parallels to be drawn there. But there, there I, is. But I don't think like that dancing wins. I think it's more meant to to invoke the idea as opposed to be like we're gonna one up this because I mean, say what you will about Disney, I will say plenty of things like that whole dance sequence is like one of the most iconic in terms of just Disney movies for good reason. Animation. Yeah. Like the, yeah. when we talk about Disney here, we're not talking about the corporate monolith. We're talking about, we're ta- the, like, yeah, we're the, talking about their, the their actual, animation. The, them as a, as artists and, and you know, their, their undeniable contribution to the world of animation, even up to like the point Beauty and the Beast was made, which was like the nineties, wasn't it? Or something. So yeah, it was, it was, ni- it was ni- neither in 1990 on the dot. It was the first. Yeah animated film to be nominated for best picture in the history of the academy awards so like it, exactly pretty yeah. pretty darn significant yes and deserving I'd, I'd say it's it's a pretty good one so like the the um yeah the history there and you know of, of films to like pay homage to it's it's an obvious contender but like it's not yeah it's not really the point i think it's more just like it's having fun with that notion because it's telling a story of someone who is I feel like the story probably started from a point where, you know, there was inspiration being drawn from there, and then I I would imagine it went through several phases of, like, how close do we want to play with this? Like, is this a direct, like, adaptation or not? And and they went with mm-hmm. and not uh, uh, at the end of the day, so... Um, and, and I think it's better for it. But it has fun with those segments. Um, yeah. And, and then, this, yeah. this, like, act of the movie culminates with um, two different major events. In, in the real world... Um, Suzu, who's been going through this entire crisis regarding Shinobu and her feelings for her, um, or feelings for him, gets a text from, um, I think her name is Ruka, right? Ruka, yeah. Ruka, yes. Yeah, Ruka, who's like the most popular girl in her, in her grade, um, you know, super big music whiz, like she does instru- like instrumental music instead of vocal music, um, but like, you know, the, the, she's a parallel to Suzu in that she does everything Suzu wants to be to the point where... Suzu's avatar Belle even has a, a hairstyle similar to to Ruka's. Like it's it's obvious that like Ruka kind of represents the unattainable goal for for Suzu. Like that is a platonic ideal of popularity and success and ability. Um, and as a result, she feels really threatened by Ruka when Ruka texts her saying that there's a boy she likes and she wants to confess uh, to him, but doesn't know how. Um, so Suzu assumes that she's talking about Shinobu because Shinobu is like the most popular boy in school. And kind of goes through a crisis because of this. Like, she breaks down in tears and, and can't handle it. Um, and then, and meanwhile, in the, like, you at the same time that this is happening, uh, Justin, through some, you know, arcane method, manages to find the Beast's castle and starts uh, besieging it. Like, he's literally burning it down and, and yeah. killing little AI helpers. Um, and he, he even lights fire to the... Uh, the rose garden that was in the castle, which uh, we forgot to mention before, is 
uh, was the kind of the pet project of the little uh, sea angel, who uh, turns out to be the the beast's like companion. Like they're seen together in a lot of different scenes. Um, like it's the same sea angel that was the first person to compliment Belle when she arrived in you. Uh, so all this like cruelty is, is juxtaposed with um, Suzu kind of being at her lowest moment in terms of like not wanting to be in the real world, like wanting to escape more than ever. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mix of wanting to escape, but also not wanting to be in you just because of everything that's been going on. Like right before the incident at the castle with it being burned down, she was literally like basically accosted and interrogated by Justin to reveal the beast's location because they've been haranguing her because she's always been seen with him. So he thinks uh, she's hiding him and whatnot and is basically just constantly harassing her, being like, tell me where he is so I can dox him. Yeah, and th- threatening her with doxing as well. Like, if you don't tell me where he is, then I'll make sure you know, like everyone knows who you are, and you'll never yeah. be you know, show your face around here again. There's a, there's a great there's a great scene where the scene where he questions her, he like interrogates her is great because she he's actually like just like grabbing her by the head and be like, "I'm gonna fucking shoot you if you don't tell me what's going on." And she's like, "Suck my dick." <laughs> she's clear. If it, so I wouldn't it, tell you great. where he was, even if I knew. Yeah, you know, it's just like yeah. Even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. Uh, I wouldn't. I would never tell you, and so on. Which is like, it, it's great. It's like you know, he knows damn well. She knows where he is. She knows that he knows damn well. Uh, but but he she's got zero time for his bullshit. And it's it's great because it's like when I say this isn't a film about you, it's because we are like seeing everything and experiencing things through Suzu, and she does not give a shit about anything. Any sort of like hierarchy or you know power or whatever in you she you is you is great for her to be able to go and like express herself uh, um but she is not remotely invested in like the society or the drama or the politics of you she's yeah. just there to do her thing and then also to you know she she becomes drawn to the beast but that's it yeah. like she's not it, interested in her, anything else her, her, her quote-unquote career as bella kind of falls by the wayside because she wants to help uh, the beast out when they have their moment, like during the, the Beauty and the Beast dance sequence. She discovers that uh, on his back, there's a bunch of bruises and he, he frequently seems to be in pain. And she realizes like, oh, like something has been going on. Like while yeah. this is all happening, uh, I want to help him. Like she, she tries to help him, but he pushes her away because she's like, oh, you can't understand. Like, I can't tell you. I can't trust you type of thing. Yeah. So... Her, her career means less as it is uh, a matter of, I want to help this person who is clearly suffering from something major. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's some of the, the implications of some of those scenes as his bruises uh, throb, as, as, as Belle puts it, um, uh, are kind of horrifying <laughs> based on events yeah, we learn later on. Especially so, we'll come, when, yeah. like, with hindsight, seeing that scene and seeing the sea angel like lying on its side next to the beast is pretty horrifying. There's like, some yeah. good. There's some good foreshadowing. In there's this film. incredible by foreshadowing good, I mean, in this film. And by good, I mean I'm I'm, I'm making the uh, face. I'm making the I'm making the, <laughs> the wincing face. Um, like I, I I watched it last night with some with some friends, and uh, I stayed quiet for most of it just because I was taking it in. And like from the very beginning on, like I was like catching on, like oh, this is why this is the case. This is this. This is this. And then like you get into that, and you're like, oh, like. Watching it, it's like when you don't know when you know, and it's like the Mister Incredible, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome horror face type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I um, so yeah, that that whole thing is great. Um, and and I love the 
uh, one of my favorite shots in that film is the burning um is the burning castle as it like hovers over the ocean and then meanwhile they're like juxtaposed against the rest of the like the cityscape uh very uniform and so on and it's kind of like it, it's a it's a fun image especially yeah. given like the whole notion of you being placed for expression and it's like yeah, yeah. and there's millions this is by of far... people like looking on over like all yeah. these like unique avatars looking over like yeah we're burning that castle yeah it's like which one of these is more expressive do you think um so that that's that's quite fun um as, as an image um yeah the whole thing here is just the notion of like Bell, sorry, Suzu trying to like dive deeper into being Belle and, and being part of you, even if you know, even if the only thing she is interested in is mainly just a singing and b, you know, figuring out what the hell's up with Dragon. Whilst in real life, there's like these things like sort of pecking away at her, like the the, the text from Ruka, um, and you know, there's the whole sequence where everyone thinks that she asked out Shinobu, all the other girls, and like they're like at her throat for it basically and there's an yeah, incredible the incredible sequence which is basically just like um, is that like an rts game kind of yeah yeah it's like it's, fashion it, it has like the uh like i know it's not the right thing but i want to say othello of like moving the thing and like flipping the the coins yes. over type of deal and then it goes down into like the rts view with like the the hexagon grids and like the fire emblem like yeah. units and battalions it's it's, it's very it's good. So good it's like it's, it's like it's purpose- very, there's a lot of very fun inspired like bits in this movie like yeah where it's it like just so- completely changes in tone and like what it looks like there's some purposefully, it, it feels like purposefully like shit visuals as well. Or like when I say shit, I mean it, it, it's a fun visual thing, but like it feels like something that would like play on like a pachinko machine or something. Um, yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, so yeah, that's the, the jackpot visual. <laughs> when I when I saw this when I saw this film for the first time, I mean it's a it's a funny film in a lot of spots, but like this was a particularly funny moment where I was just like, what the hell am I watching? Um, and and I was just laughing throughout the whole thing, and it's great. Um, and it's interesting there where like. But if you think about it, um, beyond it just being a funny scene, it's also a moment where, like, again, you have Hero there. She's basically putting out the fires by trying to explain to everyone what's going on, or like giving that, by giving explaining Suzu... Lilith that Suzu is a loser. Yeah, she she is there again. We talk about her being enabling, like she is just there, literally being like, shit. Okay, real life stuff's happening. Uh, okay, okay, cool. It's sorted. Yeah, you go do Bell stuff. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, she's, it's she's basically like. No, hey, other girls, don't worry. Suzu's too much of a loser to ask out uh, Shinobu. And even Suzu's like, yeah, yeah, like, Shinobu would never go out with me. I'm not Ruka, basically. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's 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 very, like, funny, like, very high, sad. high school drama stuff. And like, but also, like, really quite sad. But, you know, you are... It, it, it's fun. Yeah, and, and the framing of it is just funny. Like, I, I, I love it. So, um, it, it's great. Uh, but it's a moment of just, like... Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and then obviously from there. So I'm just trying to get the timeline right in my head, even though I just watched it a few hours ago. Um, you have the burning of the castle happening. Does that happen after the scene in the it's, train station? With it's the, a little bit raid? after, yeah. The, yes, like, yeah. The so the, the the raid is happening in parallel with the Ruka stuff, but Bell doesn't arrive for the burning of the castle until after the train station scene has been re- resolved. Because That's Ruka, what I was thinking. Right, okay. Bell okay. and Ruka talk because Ruka was like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" Uh, and Bell or uh, Suzu kind of encourages Ruka about like the crush she says she has because she imagines this Shinobu and she kind of gives up. And then they run into my favorite of the side characters, the absolute go Shinjiro Kamishin Chikami. 
the dude who is the sole member of like the canoe club. Okay, I want to talk his about orange Crocs. Yeah, I want to talk about this guy because because we have. I love him. him. I we love him. him he's so great. I love him. I'd die for him. So he's introduced earlier in the film when when there's like a scene early on where it's like showing Suzu at school and. Hero and Hero are basically doing like sort of like people watching, but only like for people they know. Like they're kind of like one of the yeah. height, not a- like the first one. AKA floor. for for Ruka and the band, and then uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Kamishin. Yeah, so yeah. they're doing that, and, and Kamishin's trying to promote like the canoe club he's in, and he's 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 obviously introduced as, like a bit of a goofball, but also yeah, like, it's been a bit of very... he's like kind of like the male version of Suzu, and that he's very passionate about someone, but he's a bit of a goober. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he, he and this is... no, he's like a complete like uh, pure-hearted dorko in comparison. Like he's very like he's very uh, extroverted in comparison. Yes, he's not. I, I don't know if I call him extroverted. He's he's more outgoing, but like no one likes him. <laughs> like, no one, yeah, no one likes him, but he's still extroverted because he's, he, he, he's like. He's out here looking like a fool with like the canoe club flag on his back, like yeah. waving his like ro- like his oars, like everyone join the canoe club. Come on, we need a He's, second member. He is not doing his antics to be like you know paid attention to or whatever. He 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 just genuinely wants to like sort of around and so on. So like it, and he's yeah. So he's very he's very kind hearted. And there's a scene. Um, it's around the same time as like the the I'm gonna call it the Fire Emblem scene um, where <laughs> the Shinobu's talking to um, Suzu at the at, by the river and and this is like after class and and uh, um, Kamishin is actually out or, or, yeah, yeah he's actually out there on the water doing the canoe canoeing and uh, and while they're having this conversation and then he ends up like coming out the river and he's like talking to them and then he cracks a joke about. Um, um, Suzu having a crush on him or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, it's just a joke." And, Sh- and Shinobu's like, "Get the hell out of here!" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> and so it's I quite, oh, it's quite a funny so scene perfect. of him just, him just like busting through, like, you know, because Suzu and Shinobu's dynamic is like really like, <laughs> like unnecessarily tense because he's re- he's a very intense person, and she's obviously just a complete wreck. Um, I just, I just want to say, uh, Tom, do you know who plays Shinobu in the dub? No, I don't know. It's so uh, Manny good. Manny Jacinto, ca- who plays uh, Jason from The Good Place. It's such good casting. Oh, that's it's, pretty good. It's really he, I, good. I, like I knew he was in the movie because, like, on the on the box, the DVD box, it said. But I'm like, is is he Kamishin? Like, I'm like, it doesn't sound like him. And then afterwards, I found I'm like, I'm like, wait, that he was Shinobu because he doesn't sound like you would expect because like his yeah. main character role has been idiot, A goofy, goofball, goofy weirdo, idiot. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, He's this playing, is like, what this intense, when... like smoldering cool guy at school. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shot at the good place here. Um, even though I love that show, uh, this is what happens when you're in a show where the writers don't think Asian people are inherently funny. Oh. Yeah, you should. No, uh, no, you're, 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 you're right. When you're, you're right, right, but I'm also doing the cartwheel out. Yeah, <laughs> I just want more people to know about that because was when I when I learned about that. Uh, about Megan, whatever her name is, I was just like, I did not know I, that. I, I was, I, I, I'm just, I, I was just doing the Homelander like pff, uh, yeah. reaction to that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fucking puffing hell. your cheeks. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm glad he's getting uh, well, getting work and all, as I'm glad all actors get, and then also just good work because this is this is a really good one to get. Anywho, um, so he's really funny for like Kamishin just coming in there and just like completely piercing in that scene, like it, like letting all the air out, which is which is great. Um, and then later on, you get like a fun like reversal of that scene where it's like him and Ruka are having the conversation. Sorry, Suzu and Ruka are having the conversation at the station where Ruka actually comes back to Suzu's home, 
And it's kind of like a fun moment where something that, you know, had caused Suzu quite a lot of, like, sadness, but she'd sort of gone with anyway because she, you know, she was kind of just in her bell shit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a fun, fun like, thing where, oh, no, actually, that was... She got that all wrong. She know, um, Ruka was interested in Kamashin, not Shinobu. Um, and obviously, at that point, by that, she finds out that Suzu is very interested in Shinobu. And it's like a fun moment for them to like properly actually bond and so on. Which you could tell that Ruka would probably be interested in doing for a long time, but Suzu just did not have, just not did not feel safe doing that. Yeah, and... she, she did not have the confidence to... Because, yeah, like, yeah. as Mina mentioned, like, she is, like, the ideal for, for Suzu. Like, she she basically is is soft jealous, like, not in a malicious way, but just jealous of everything that Ruka is. Yeah, and so they have a nice conversation, and it's nice to see Suzu, like, you know, calming down, I suppose, is the thing. And and, and, and having a moment to, like, feel feel vulnerable, I suppose, is, is the thing. And, and, it, and it's a really sweet moment. And then as they're heading back, they run into Kamishin, and then, obviously, by that point, Suzu knows the deal. So, Kamishin cracks the same joke again, except that saying, like, oh, I think Ruka has a crush on me, or something like that. And yeah. Suzu's just like, yes, that's correct. <laughs> and, and, and then, <laughs> meanwhile, like, Ruka has her, her face in her hands, like, is lit, like, her entire body just goes bright red. Uh, yeah. Kamishin's body goes bright red. He, like, like, steps out backwards out of frame because he is, like, freaking out. And uh, Suzu has to, like, drag him back in twice, basically. It's so like, No, no, like, she, she likes you. She actually likes you. Man, you say something. Of, of, I think any anime, well, Okay, I've seen a few anime films in, in cinema, cinema at this point. Um, of all of them, this is like the one that probably the, the one scene that I'm really glad I saw with an audience because it was hilarious and, and, and yeah. every, everyone yeah. was just cracking up. Like this is it was probably one of the most realistic love confession scenes I've ever seen in terms of yeah. like both characters just being like stuttering, blushy messes who can barely yeah. even look at each other. Yeah, there's it's like several, so adorable. There's the several scenes where like Kamishin just walks out and, <laughs> and Susan's like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Get back in. Um, and, and, it, and it's great. And, it, and again, it's a nice moment for like Suzu to see something real happening and she's like able to assist in it because I think Suzu is a fantastic main character. Like she's so relatable in terms of like her anxieties about things, and, and yeah. they make it. You know, they kind of take the shortcut of like killing off her mom, but um, they they make it very justifiable and understandable, like why she is the way she is, and she and it's sold incredibly well through scenes yeah. like the one uh, Mina mentioned earlier about the about uh, on the on the bridge when she's like literally throwing up. Um, yeah. She's great, but then like she's so goddamn heroic as well like she's so just very um selfless and and it's a she, fantastic she, thing she wants to do what's right she she learns that it sort of comes around of realizing and this is something that sort of comes to a head at the end yeah she comes to realize like the selflessness that her mother portrayed in sacrificing herself for someone else's child and not wanting to obviously but abandoning her own yeah, uh, and 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 doing that, putting herself in the way of danger to yeah. help someone else that fundamentally she doesn't know. It's 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 the combination of things where it's like she that is her natural impulse because that's the way she's raised. Like there's a fantastic line where she's talking to her dad and her dad says something about um, your mom. You know, your mom raised you 
Uh, yeah, you, 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 you are you, the way you are. You're kind the way you are because of the way your mom raised yeah, you. Yeah, don't. It's really touching. And it's like, don't let that person down or or, or, or something like that. And, and that's, a, that's a touching moment. But it's the culmination of like, Susie was just naturally that person. She doesn't need to learn to be selfless or anything. She just is uh, because because of her upbringing. But that she it's it's blocked it, the obstacle. She has the obstacle of being unable to put herself in the position where those opportunities present themselves. You know, it's not like she's shying away from helping other people. She's just not not in scenarios where she's able to, and that's because she's shy, too shy to form the friendship with Ruka. She's too shy to, you know be putting herself on the world stage and so on until she and you know you provides the excuse for her to do that and become Belle and counsel the dragon so on so forth but and and it's and you know it comes to a head yes when she has to do one to be able to achieve she has to make a purposeful decision to be um you know to express herself in order to help someone else and and that's that's the sort of climax of the film and that's a great moment yeah i think we should maybe talk about that a little bit yeah, yeah, so because we've gotten there, mm-hmm. the the film ramps up by revealing the beast's true identity, and they do this because you know they the beast goes into hiding because his castle got burned to the ground. Um, it seems like their plan of like, oh, he'll just fly out and we'll arrest him, just did not work <laughs> somehow. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so Su- Suzu kind of gathers all the warriors at um, yeah. the the empty uh, elementary school that her yes. and Hero have been using as a base of operations since um, the start of the second act of the film. She loads uh, up and every single YouTube video and Twitch stream on the internet at once, um, and then <laughs> that's she has, a powerful computer. She has the Lucius Fox like uh, audio thing from Dark Knight uh, at the end of the time. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we must destroy it once we're done. It's like um, no, uh, so, it's, like it's great. Before, yeah, but, go, sorry, go on, Mina. Go on. Quickly, before we get into the scene, um, I have a question for the two of you, and I'm not, maybe this is me overthinking things, but um, so. Towards the start of the film, like in the opening scene where they're they're explaining all the, the mechanics of you, they say that uh, the 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 creators of you are these mysterious people called the Five Voices, and that never really gets elaborated on. But over the course of the movie, there are five women who help Suzu, like they're like choir. Um, no. members. I, I, no. choir I, I members. know where you're going with this. Uh, I know where you're going, and yeah, and I'm... no. <laughs> but okay, but they know way more than they should at, at every given I mean, point in the movie. So Mina, the thing, older the women can use the internet it too. Is, it's, 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 don't, it, be, don't be. No, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm saying is that, like, is, um, I, I think that, like, it's never explicitly stated, but when you combine that very specific number five voices with the fact that these five women are choir members and all singers, despite having very different professions, like, one of them's like a doctor, one of them's like a fisher. Um, etc. Like, it. I don't know. It, it adds up to me. Like they, is they it, seem to know. Well, I mean, that, is, aren't the voices essentially like the constructors of you, basically? Like, yeah, and that's that's what weirds me out is that the 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 these two concepts seem to have parallels that are never explored because these these five women seem to know that Suzu is Belle as early as the start of the second act, and not only that she's Belle, but that she's interested in fighting the beast because they they tease her about it. Um, and then towards the climax, without even being called, they know that they're, she's looking for the beast and they all converge at the school to help her. Well, okay, okay, so my thought about this is is that uh, Suzu is very obvious about being Belle. Like, even Shinobu calls yeah. her out on it. Like, she, she's not at all, like, 
she she gets flustered very easily like she she is bad at sort of hiding things like people know like obviously Kamishin and Ruka don't know but I mean that's a different case of like Kamishin's kind of an idiot and Ruka and her aren't super close uh meanwhile like Shinobu is someone who knows her the the choir ladies are people who have basically raised her as it, you sort of come to find out from like old pictures that you see of her and her mom and Susie's like a little baby and then these five choir ladies and I mean so I think it's very easy for them to find out she's Belle based on like the singing aspect they probably know her voice to some degree I would say and the fact of yeah like she's a she's a teenage girl who's acting all weird and so they egg her on about like liking a boy and they see her reaction and they just keep going from there type of thing that's how I see it personally I don't don't think they're like seeing some masterful architects like of you that just feels a little i i I would like it seems why five of them then like it just doesn't make sense to me like why why would you have like that intentional parallel with without making it a part of the series like a part of the story or part of the the subject hold on hold on hold on i mean it's it's ultimately as we said like the the interim machinations of you don't matter they are merely to help accommodate the story i would say it's definitely an intentional parallel uh, which I didn't pick up on, to be fair. So yeah, that, that's pretty. That's pretty good uh, that you noticed that. But the, I don't think it's intentional. Like I feel like when I was watching the film, and, and I felt this both times I watched it. Like the no- nature of how you came to be is left purposefully vague. And I feel like in, in in the sense that like if you were to interpret it as this is a realm that has been like tapped into, similar to like how you know the digital world is often presented in Digimon. Um, the uh that is that is one a completely valid way of looking at it and i feel like you probably work backwards from having these five having the choir group supporting bell and it's like they're supporting bell in the real world and then you've got the guardians you've got the protectors the 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 gods of you basically protecting bell they're very they're very subtle but they do it in some ways like they have the ais that reside in the beast's castle and then of course they have like the whale who seems to take a particular liking to to uh to she bought it with her robux (laughs) yeah exactly all that maybe yes um (laughs) she got the mount but either way it's like she has support in both worlds and i feel like it's probably just if i was you know at that point like i'm hazoda I'm like, oh, what are we have named? Oh, for, hey, like, Hasoda, how's it going? <laughs> we'll really be big the... fan of your work. If I'm Hasoda, I'm like, thinking, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, you've got the, you've got the quiet group helping out in real life. You've got the mysterious sort of will of of you uh, helping you out in, in. What's a fun name to call that? Oh, I don't know. Oh, we what call it the Five Voices. That's a fun, that's a fun thing to do. I do not think it's meant to be a literal interpretation. Uh, the only literal interpretation that I would like feel comfortable accepting, and by comfortable, I mean like. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Is if like they are some, they are like actual gods who happen yeah, to have like, human form. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, if, if if yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like if this was basically like a digital world setting, then like, hey, I could buy that. But considering you is like a big social network, and this is like a bartender, a university lecturer, a dock worker, a doctor, and don't remember what the last one does. They're just people. Uh, they're just, they're, yeah, they're just ordinary people. Like, they are not, like, for, for a social network, it feels weird. Like, it's a cool, I think, like, it's a cool, like, headcanon idea, but it's not one I would, like, ascribe to just because it feels, it feels more coincidental to me personally than anything else. Yeah, put it this way. I will accept many interpretations, but I, I, I just don't think the notion that they literally coded you 
adds up to me based on what's presented on the screen. So anyway, that's my take. But that's not that's just my feelings about that. So yeah, you uh, point. Yeah, that I, I never caught that, Mina. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's a cool connection I didn't make, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's there. You could definitely make the argument that, like, like you said, like this is in a fantasy context. This is a incredible, amazing world um, that was, you know, created like for the the purpose of helping this one girl through her problems or whatever. Like, <laughs> sure. in a fantasy context, that that's what you would say. Yeah, yeah. And then they just shut it down after everyone's like, "Now what?" I I I saved all of my pictures on you, and they're just gone. Because <laughs> the, the five leaders are just like, okay, we're packing it up. See if we can here. sing again. We can we can go do the choir concert. Use going under maintenance for the next twenty four years until we find someone that needs the help again. Um, something. Oh no! Find out in Bell it's two. Me. I need help again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I, I, I was I was gonna say what would Bell two be about, but then I remember that they're actually Disney actually did make a Beauty and the Beast too. Oh yeah. There's yeah. also a Christmas DVD. one. God, oh yeah, I want to see Mamoru Soda's Bell 2 and Enchanted Christmas. Yeah, oh, I'm so in. Let's di- do that. Di- direct to Crunchyroll. OVA8, that's what we're doing. Crunchy. Crunchy, I said. No, I meant Crunchy. Um, anyway, so the climax of the film. Um, or not the climax per se, but like the sort of the major reveal, as it were. I, no, uh, I, I think that's big... the point where the climax happens, I would say. Cool. It, it, it keeps going, but yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it, it, keep, it keeps it, going, but it, it, I mean, it this is off. where things come to a head. Yeah, as, as, as with Hisodas, as with Small Wars and so on, uh, it keeps going. Um, so, the reveal is that the Beast is a... Um, so, the, it's both the reveal of the Beast's identity and the angel, the, like, the weird sea anonymy looking thing. Yeah, the, the, um, the, the sea, sea butterfly. Angel. Yeah, the sea angel. Yeah, the Cleon. Yes, if you want to be scientific. Manatee. <laughs> there we go. Um, what? Oh, oh, I thought man. you said I thought you said manatee and not manatee. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't think that's the Rhiannol slogan. <laughs> no, that's that's what it is. It's a little manatee. Uh, there's probably a manatee it's somewhere, the, it's, it's it, somewhere in that crowd. It's the one from zero to the beginning. They're doing cross marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if I was in you, my avatar would be a manatee. It's just 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 my knee jerk reaction. That's, that sounds fun. That's fun. <sighs> If I was in you, speaking of, I don't want to. Th- I don't want to think about what my avatar. That'd make me. Yeah. Too sad. <laughs> you, you don't want to know what the shape of your soul is, Sloan. Yeah, we're, that that makes me too depressed. We're basically about just talk. It. We're talking personas at some point, and and I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready to do that. So, um, the uh, okay, yeah, so okay. I'll pick an animal, any animal. Sloan, we have to bring the mood down. I'm sorry. I need. I need to take a. I need to take a ramp off of this. Uh, an exit ramp off of this conversation. Is this the part where, where I have to start like crying on the podcast this, like I did get... last night when watching this movie and had to like mute myself on voice chat? So the angel and the beast are brothers. Uh, the angel being the younger brother, the beast being the older brother. Fourteen year old Kai. Uh, K. K. Sorry. Uh, and... by, uh, Paul Castro Jr., who is the voice of Rindo Kanade in Neo Twelly. Oh, very good. So yeah, very, very good performance. They, um, they, yeah. they, they are a, they are two brothers who are the sons of a single father, who is the world's biggest piece of shit in the world. Um, he beats, well, he beats. I guess it's implied he probably beats both of it's, them, but he, he, he yeah, beats Kay primarily. We we witness um, intense emotional abuse, and it's very, very heavily implied that he physically beats them, but I'm really glad the movie didn't feel it necessary to show that, because yeah. yes. that would feel Agreed. pretty exploitative. But, like, you have a scene just the of... fact... Sorry, cool. Yeah, like, the, the reflexive pose that Kay takes over uh, Tomo 
when his dad walks in the room. Like, he's shielding him. He's not just, like, you know, stepping between them. He is physically covering Tomo with his body so that his dad can't get at him. And like, you, you, you have a scene earlier on in the film where it's it's after the, uh, the sort of Beauty and the Beast inspired dance moment um, where it ends with the Beast killing over in pain and you see on his cloak, because uh, the bruises... The bruises that Kay has in real life are represented in you, in his Yuya avatar by, uh, or the AS, by the way, those are called. Um, he's, he's represented on his AS. Alternate self. Yes. By um, bruise-like patterns on his cape. And new ones, it, it, Bell describes them as, fro- as uh, it looks like his bruises are throbbing, but new ones are appearing. And, and the implication there is that he's literally being beaten in that moment. In real yeah. life. Um, so that's your that's as close as it gets to actually showing like that moment, but it's it's very much, you know, it, it's explicit enough about about what's happening here. And his dad is, yeah, if he's not literally beating them, he is he's clearly emotion being very emotionally yeah. abusive, very controlling, very Scre- much like screaming at them. He is breaking yeah. like uh, vases and just making sure they can't talk to other people, like making yes. sure they aren't being loud or, um, yeah. like you know. Being a nuisance or being a bother, so to speak. So he's he's he, this this is this is the scenario, and they find they find them by because Tomo is basically singing into his live stream. Uh, he's singing the song that Belle sang at the Beast's castle, which she has not. It's a new song she came up with. Um, we see that happen, so like it won't be heard anywhere else, and that's where they figure out. That's where how Suzu and Hero figure out. Oh, shit! He's singing that song. Like that can only be them. So and that's how they find out. Uh, the dad comes in and like starts, you know, well, doing the things we just said, and then they have uh, he shuts off the live stream after Suzu and Hero and that are basically like, "Hey man, what the hell? What are you doing?" And, and he's like, "Get out, get lost." So that's what happens. Um, they naturally then the next step is like, we need to find out where the fuck these people live and like help. Um, and Shinobu. Because everyone, everyone shows up by this point, and basically, you know, Suzu's cover amongst her, like, you know, friends and family and so on, is basically out there. Like, so she is... Shinobu is basically... Because he knows that... He understands that the only way this is really going to work is that if they put a message out there to the world that the kids can pick up on. And Kei and Tomo can pick up on and be like... Oh no, she's legit. Like she, she, that woman who like tuned into our live stream, um, she wasn't lying about being Belle, because um, they don't trust her at first. I forgot to mention. Yeah, because yeah, um, they they have a, a brief video call and yes. yeah, that was that. Suzu tries to to reason like, hey, like, like tell me where you are. Like I want to try and help you. Like and Kay gets very angry about how people like try to help but they don't because they are still in this situation. And sort of, it leads to some people, like, hijacking the video call, like, slash live stream and, like, mocking them. And that just makes things much worse. Yeah. And so it, it leads yeah. to the solu- this, uh, this thing of, like, Ruka identifying, like, daily PSA uh, songs between multiple cities. And then recognizing buildings u- through the use of uh, computer enhance. Yeah, there's some CSI bullshit in this. Ultimate, but... Yeah. <laughs> To ultimately figure out like that they are uh, somewhere in like around Tokyo. I, they mentioned two cities. I feel like I cannot remember what they are. This is the okay. I'm not. I'm okay with it in terms of like it does not derail my enjoyment of the film. 
this is the biggest ass pull of the entire film. Um, they figure out the they figure out where they live, but this happens later. There's a, there is a few things that happen before this this that moment oh, that's happens. Right. Yes, so. Shinobu explains that, like, they need to do... Uh, basically, Suzu needs to perform as herself in you. Because that way she puts her she puts her real face and so on into the world. And, you know, ju- juxtaposed... You know, com- combined with her, like, actual singing voice and so on. You know, so they use... And, and Hiro's like, no, we're not doing that. No, this is what I mean by Hiro being an enabler. And, and it's like a, quite a... It's an interesting moment for her because she just comes across as almost like... She's not. She's not pleasant in this moment necessarily. Like she's not. She's like, very it, selfish. Yes, she's very much like no. I don't want this to go. Nope, nope, no. Nope. And it's kind of like the last, like the last vestiges of Suzu's like uh, timidness and so on, or like you know her her uh, her shield that she's put up. Um, yeah, I mean, Hiroka to her literally is like, do you want to go back to being like the mousy like crybaby that you've always been? If you if you sing in you as yourself like that's what'll happen type of thing yeah, she's, she, she's sort of trying to make sure that bell doesn't uh make herself vulnerable she's very like, devil for, she, for not for not great reasons she's very much the devil on her shoulder in this moment um so to speak and and she and but it doesn't matter like suzu goes into well she's already in you at that point actually but she, she like tunes back into you uh and then uh she's surrounded by people Justin sees her and is like, "Oh, cool. Okay, I can uh, you know go bother her some more." Um, and then she literally one of my like one of the cooler moments of the film. Like he flies over, she's like, "Hey, uh, thanks," and then just like grabs his arm and like unveils herself in front of everyone, um, leading to the moment where she's like, "She is Susu now." She, you know, her her as her alternative self has has disappeared. Belle is no more, uh, but Susu remains and. She is now going to perform. She's going to sing the song that she came up with for the same one that Tomo was singing before, the same one that Belle sang in the castle before. She's going to sing that for the world as Suzu. Um, and this moment is a real fucking gut, gut punch. Like, yeah. This this because is the climax as, of the film, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, as, was... as soon as she like re-enters um, you... She's basically literally swarmed immediately by people to the point where they are like millions of uh, avatars are like literally glomming on her and like forming it's, this giant ball of people. That it's is it's just... a visual. It's a visual callback to two different um, scenes from Asoda's previous internet works. Like it both visually resembles all of the Diaboromon clones yeah. swarming over. Um... That was my immediate thought last night. Was this is literally just the Diaboromon sphere? But yeah. somehow more terrifying. Uh, yeah, swarming over um, War Greymon and Metal Gurumon from our war game. But it's also uh, from in Summer Wars when Love Machine uh, controls a bunch of avatars to, to swarm King Kazuma. Um, I sort of like this shot a lot. And it's interesting that all three films have different contexts for it. Yeah, this is very much like an annoyance sort of thing. It's, it's like she can't, you know, she's back in the room like everyone's obsessed with Belle and so on because it's the very superficial way that people interact that most people interact yeah, with you but that's not celebrity culture yeah they, they see a famous person and they immediately just want like to talk to her or want her autograph or whatever yeah like i think obviously i think fame is another like undercurrent of like minor commentary the film has Ab- absolutely yeah, yeah. And this is one of them so it's not definitely not like the central 
like focus or anything, but definitely, yeah, one of the more obvious moments of that in this film. Um, and yeah, so then she, she unveils uh, the performance here is incredible. I'm not seeing the dub version. I know, I, I know, I know. Mina, you said watch the dub versions at Alan Partridge. <laughs> I, I didn't have the time, but um, yeah, I, I uh, want to give a huge, huge shout out to the entire like dub like crew from the the writers to the composers to the songwriters to the directors, like to the voice actors, of course. Like this, the dub is probably one of the best dubs I've ever seen for anime. Um, and I think special um, applause needs to go to Suzu's voice actor, uh, Kylie McNeil, because this this was her first voice acting role ever, and wow. she nailed it. Like she, not only does she nail the acting, she nails the the singing, and she nails the emotional moments, and she nails like every single beat that you would want a, a vocal performance to hit. She hits, and. Um, like she, like this was, like I said, like she's a stage actor before this. She had never done voice acting, and stage and voice acting are extremely different, like um, you know, crafts. Like yeah. having skill in one doesn't necessarily mean you'll have skill in the other. And like the voice director for this film, I think it was Stephanie Shea who does most of the the um, G Kids voice yes, direction. It, like it, she was correct, correct, Asia. Yeah. Um, she did such a good job on on directing this this first time voice actor and making her um, give the the best performance she could have possibly given. Um, there's a good like just there's a good piece on variety about this. They actually did, they did a piece with her and like uh, Shay and other people uh, about Bell back in January when it came out. So go look that up. Uh, I've just yeah yeah. So and that's interesting. So um, she went back and forth. So at first. Uh, Kylie McNeil, she helped write the English versions of the songs along with composer uh, Ludwig Fossell, who's a really cool guy in real life. I've seen some interviews with him. Um, and at first, when she started writing the English versions, she would constantly send them back to Mamoru Hosoda and Kaho Nakamura, who's the Japanese voice of um, Suzu, yeah. uh, who wrote the, the Japanese lyrics for all the songs. And uh, after the first couple exchanges... Um, I can't really, I can't find whether it was Hisoda or Nakamura. One of them told her, you're doing great. These are your own songs. You don't need to ask us for permission anymore. Ah, that's and like, cool. it really does feel like you, these feel so personal and emotional when she sings them. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest things to get right in, in anime. Not like, cause not only do you have to write a song that matches up to the original, but you have to write one that matches the lip flaps and captures the tone without having the same lyrics because like by necessity, the lyrics are going to be different, you know, because you don't have the the benefit of being able to write whatever you want. Like you, you have to write stuff that fits with the the, the material you already have. And song lyrics um, are like so, you know, thinking about like in terms of translating translation, song lyrics are very like they're almost entirely metaphorical most of the time. Like you yeah. know, they're obviously yeah. there, there are literal song lyrics, obviously, but like. Most of the time, you're talking about concepts and, and feelings and so on, and emotions and making similes and metaphors and um, and yeah, that sounds like a localization ball ache. So it's, it's just, I'm surprised that um, it's always a surprise to see when they nail it, like when and someone yeah. really does the job. Um, there, yeah, like there, there is a reason why most anime doesn't even bother dubbing songs. Like they will. That's just why I was so surprised Japanese. to learn that they actually, like, um, had the songs in English. I was like, wow, like, I expected it just to be, like, ja- you know, Japanese songs. And I was like, okay, like, that's kind of what I expected. But to, but knowing all that is, like, so fascinating and, like, 
touching. Yeah. And like the these the songs and the performance are incredible to say the absolute least. Yeah. And like the the song that she the song that she sings uh during this scene um is so powerful. Like it's it's called um Lend Me Your Voice. And or sorry, no, 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 this one's a million miles away. Yeah. Yeah. And this could have so easily just been like a generic ballad, but the both the Japanese and the English versions choose lyrics that represent Suzu like calling out to her mom. Like she's not calling out to the, it's not a love song for the beast or for Kay or whatever. It's she's finding this this the shared connection they both have. They both they both lost their mothers. And she's using that to reach out to him instead. And I think that's just so beautiful and so like touching. I I cannot watch this scene without crying every single time, yeah. whether I'm watching in English or Japanese. The emotion is just so powerful. It I, just I, overcomes I, me. I, I want to speak to that. Um, I Sloan, I said I, I know you said you you ball at this scene. Um, I one hundred percent cry right at the at the at the basically the last like 30, 40 to thirty minutes. I'm just like yeah in like sobs. I just don't. Okay, so that, like this isn't. Please don't take this as like some sort of like you know bullshit masculinity thing or whatever or a tryhard thing. I just generally don't cry at stuff. I, I, even at like a funeral or something, I'm like you know maybe well, maybe in the last like five you know, minutes or something, I might. It's I might, the estrogen. Do you, don't do you, worry. Yeah, do you know what the major difference between you and the other two people on this podcast <laughs> is? Oh, right. I think that might be the key. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot that was. Yeah, okay. You know what? Uh, hey, there we go. Um. Anyway, cartwheeling on. Um, the, <laughs> but yeah, I just I generally, you know, I I just don't cry much, and and this scene is just like two for two in terms of like, like welling up, like which yeah. is which is which is, yeah. which is extreme as I will get before film, like a film in particular, films especially or like games or whatever. That's it, and like I can count on my hands the number of times that like, you know, anime has done that, and it's basically two times. It's the end of Persona Three, and it's this. Like it's it's just very. That's a, that raw. is a pretty solid track record, to be fair. <laughs> it's very it's just very raw. Like even she's doing the big performance and so on, but like it very quickly like any semblance of performance kind of falls apart when she like when she falls apart because she doesn't. You know, Belle herself, Suzu herself, does not make it through this without you know crying and yeah. yeah. And the crowd. She, she has been unveiled. She is racked with sobs. Like she is, she is basically struggling to keep it together, and has tons of people, like her friends and others, cheering her on to keep singing. Yeah, the because, crowd. Like, that is that is what she needs to do in those moments to convince uh, Kay and Tomo, the the dragon and the sea angel, like yeah. that she she genuinely wants to help them the... and have them believe it. This is something Azoda's done, like free for free in the, in these films that we brought up before you know our war games summer wars and this like he ends he has a scene towards the end of these films where there's a big moment of like unity between all the disabled yeah. people like this film these films all do a great job of like whether it's the scenes of everyone watching on their monitors in different countries in uh in our war game or if it's all the different kinds of avatars and like different responsibilities and classes and things like that of, of the different people in oz or in this film, it's just more like simply represented through um, they put a big emphasis on the international flair. I don't think I've seen as many people of color in an anime film as I've seen in this, um, and which is great. And uh, yeah, and just the general they, they do the same thing from Summer Wars as well, where they have the, all these text boxes, but like you know they have a uh, let's say representative a number of them in Japanese and then you know, all the other languages as well. 
like it's very international like they put a big emphasis on like distinguishing between the real world which is very traditional uh naturalistic uh you know rural japan with the abstraction from the previous like you know internet scenes in our war game and all scenes in summer wars but also they layer an international and commercial flavor on top of that to like further yeah, distinguish so, it. So much more than either of those, which I yeah. mean, like we were, yeah, like you said, we already see that in the other movies, but this goes so much further to really show you just yeah. how all encompassing across the world you really is. So they, they, they have this and, and they, they play it throughout the film and throughout the other films as well to like, you know, make it clear that, that this is a wide disparate Numa people, it's 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 the world, you know, just as it is in real life. But but suddenly all our eyes are on Suzu, not because she's you know <laughs> cringe or whatever, you know, or, she, or she's like a villain or whatever. Like she, she, it's because she's made an emotional appeal that's struck through to the basically everyone watching. Uh, yeah. With a, they do they do say that they, there was a small moment where they're like, okay, not everyone's taking this entirely seriously, but yeah, it doesn't linger on that. Um, there are some mean girl bullies who are like, look how basically like just look how cringe she is. She's singing as her real self, and yeah. then you have like, but but like, every, but so many other people are like just in tears as they're they're singing along with her. It is that's the thing. Like this it is, is it is so powerful. This is this is the big difference between the other two. Where like they're it before it's more people egging on. You know, you have the world egging on through their emails, egging on Ty and Matt to take down Diablo. And that's great. You have in Summer Wars a similar scene with the the Go Fish scene where suddenly they start the Go rescuing... Fish. Sorry, Go Fish. I'm sorry. Um, MF koi, said koi, Go Fish. Koi Koi. Koi Koi. games involving <laughs> fish. So uh, uh, that's my excuse. Um, you have the Koi Koi scene where they're rescuing all the avatars, and suddenly they've got an army of well, they've got a a world of people behind them, um, and that's incredible. Um, and in this. But those are moments where, like, you have the you, you feel the determination of, of like the world backing the protagonists and so on in beating the bad guy. This is so distinct, while still having the same sort of energy of everyone coming together behind a single cause. Yeah. But it's more just yeah. they're in awe of it and they want to like support her because yeah, she's they, vulnerable. They so, yeah, it's it's so beautiful in her moment of greatest vulnerability. Not only like re- her true self revealed to the world, but like. In this moment of intense, like she's singing the most intensely personal song that Belle has ever performed, um, and the collective support of the people, even people who like bullied her or hated her before, um, empowers her and it, it turns her back into Belle. So, like, even even in that moment where she wanted to be seen and be heard and whatever, people still believe in her enough that she can be Belle and be herself at the same time. Yeah. It, there's something so beautiful. It even cuts that. through because like you have, when she is Belle and she's like making uh, making waves at the early, beginning of the film, you have the, the other idol who's positioned as like a rival sort of figure, Peggy Sue. Um, and she's like talking shit about Belle basically. <laughs> and then she quickly becomes <laughs> like uh, old news. Washed up. Washed up has been. But in this scene, it's like she's seeing, she's in the crowd with everyone else and she's seeing Belle and she's seeing Suzu and she's like they, they do have a line where she's like oh she, she's a schoolgirl, just like me and I feel like but just like me is maybe maybe you didn't need that but <laughs> you have a, at least it's a scene where it's like oh you have you know she, she because Suzu's put herself out there in such a huge way um, that's being appreciated which is kind of the antithesis of the whole notion of having ASs in the first place uh, having these alternative identities in the first place, so it's a nice rebuttal to the notion of like 
you know, anonymity is like the be all and end all of like, you know, expression on the internet or anything like that. It's like, it, it, it's great to have. You don't need it. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's down to the individual. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a nice, that's a nice, um, it, it's just a really good scene. It's so powerful. And yeah. the scene where they, the court, you know, where they're the anthem, when, they, when it turns into an anthem of the whole crowd singing is just extraordinary. That scene, this last thing I'm saying, sorry, last scene, sorry, the, the shot where they have Belle, Suzu, I'm using those names interchangeably, it doesn't matter. She's hovering over the crowd and all the crowd are lit up because, and they're becoming more lit up because as they sing, they're like basically creating like a energy sphere or so on. This is something Belle does earlier on in the film to, as part of like finding the dragon, I believe. They're they're creating a terror force powerful <laughs> enough to find the dragon. It's, it's yeah, yeah. It's it's like a spirit bomb type thing of like everyone lending their energy, but it's like something that they're holding close to themselves rather than like yeah. releasing and, and being that direct. Like they're just you know lighting lighting uh, you with their like shares me? compassion. <laughs> you yes me it's me, the me. yeah. Um, it's great and it's just a beautiful scene. Um, yeah, more than anything, I, I would I would say by the way, by the end of this film, um, you, the whole argument in 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 favor, of, the whole argument against uh, anime CG, uh, is dead. Like, can I? <laughs> it's not inherently bad. About that? Yeah, is real quick. Something about that real quick because I've I've had a thought of it. Is like the the, the so the the movie has two separate art styles. Uh, you have like traditional two D anime for the real world. And then you have, like, this very stylish uh, CGI, 3D CGI for you. And it genuinely has this very Disney feel, but it does it so much better, I think. Like, things look so much more lifelike. You have so much more stuff going on. Like, there is a lot of, like, weight, I guess you could say. Like, there, there's so much, like, going on in terms of, like... The, the, the emotions, like, it's, it's very fluid with, like, the movements and everything. Like, it is... It genuinely, like, it really does feel like uh, Hosoda is invoking Disney. Like, it's sort of like a... I don't want... I'm going to say this, and I, I, I want to explain myself. It feels very like a Frozen, in a way, of, like, it is this very finely produced, like, fine-looking, like, CG, like, that is meant to be, like, a, a big mass-market project, right? Like, it, it is meant to evoke that feeling, but it feels so much more lifelike and warm. That sounds weird to say it, but I hope you get what I mean. Hmm, yeah, yeah. I think the the end the the million miles away uh, scene is has has a particular feeling of warmth, and mainly that's just yeah. from, like use of color and so on. But like, yeah, there's really there's works. like a lot of bright colors. Like, there's a lot of life in like expressions. There's a lot of pain in expressions too, type of thing. Like, there's a lot yeah. going on. But it does it it really does feel like sort of like a hearkening to the the, the more recent like. Uh, CG 3D style that like a lot of uh, say like your, like your DreamWorks or your Disney or your I was going to say Blue Sky but that's not really a thing anymore is it and they did they did kind of differently for some of their movies but I mean like it's, it's that idea of like they're using that more western style of CG animation to I've... convey this worldwide uh, phenomenon of you. I su- yeah I suppose so yeah I mean I think in terms of like technique or, or what have you I get the feeling I'm not sure if the timelines line up here, but I get the feeling that like there was probably inspiration amongst this team when they when the Spider Verse came out, 
like in just in terms of using CG animation in a way to like replicate and like mirror 2D animation. Yeah. Because I know I know that the CG stuff here, like it's not obviously the obviously you know technological advances. It's been like a whole decade or so since Summer Wars, but like it's. It's not a million miles from um, from what um, log some off. More, some more, <laughs> from what some Mina get the to. log off beam <laughs> from what some I'm more... charging it as we speak. Nice. That was, that was not intentional. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. believe you whenever you say something wasn't intentional. Summer Wars. Okay, so the internet scenes in our war game and the all scenes in Summer Wars, like those were representing the internet in different ways. Like in our war game, you the internet is essentially chaos like it's such yeah, a it's 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 sparse it's empty yeah. and it's chaotic yeah it's it that's what's going on in oz it's, it's literally you, a series of tubes in oz it's an interface like you have things in oz like you know uh the the the, the tournaments like king casmus participating in and things like that and they're like you know the koi koi game and all that but like generally speaking it's an interface it's like to interact with you, you know the that, that's why they all the all the things they place emphasis on is like you know hospitals, fire departments, police, governments. You know the military. It's not so much a place for people to like exist. Like you literally open with people working in in Oz. This yeah. this is social network. Like this this is uh, mm-hmm. you is a social network. Maybe there is other purposes it, it functions as, but just like the internet in real life, it feels like that's all been overtaken in terms of people just you know posting selfies and shit. Like you know, that's not like people be... vibing. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like, and that's and and I think they they needed to populate the world of you so much more and just have so much more shit going on, like uh, to do that. And thankfully, that's you know, technology's improved to let them do that. But um, you can know, you imagine one fits. of those people who just wants to go onto you to vibe, and they then your <laughs> uh, soul mandated avatar is a fish with like some anemones like poking out of your back. I'd be. We're getting back into that. I don't want to know what my soul looks like, and, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we should, we should, we should call it. If we, if, if we actually gave our OVAs names instead of just like titling it based on the content of it, it would be so funny if this episode was just called "What Does Your Soul Look Like?" What, why is my soul a fish? The only thing that <laughs> the only thing that I will say is that I think it could have been. I think it works better as is, but like in terms of thinking about how this how this scene might go in like a more realistic representation of the internet. And I'm not just talking about people like making fun of it or whatever. I mean, early on in the, early on in the film, you have people, you have Bell's first like impromptu performance and then you have people remixing the fuck out of it. Um, it would have been there interesting. There was that if, one like smooth jazz one that was pretty slick. I like that. It would have been interesting is if you is if you saw that sort of thing happen again where people see the performance at the end and then suddenly they're like... Because like, there's, there's a fun moment where you have... Um, and I, it took me way too long to figure this out, and I feel like an idiot. But you have uh, Ruka, Ruka's avatar. You see her, and she's got a saxophone, and and she's yeah, playing. it was so. And then she's playing the notes along with it. Yeah, she's playing. She's playing the song on her saxophone rather it's than so singing cute. it. That's really cute. Um, but like Tommy she's the only one do- has the, the the canoeing dog. Oh, I love him. She's she's the only one doing anything like that. Everyone else is just singing along, which is is interesting. Um, but it, it it's it's effective and it works. And it would have been weirder if like they started like having like. Someone someone makes the the dubstep version of a million miles away, yeah. and then everyone just chases them off the internet, like as a, as a yeah. a united front. It would have been, maybe that would have worked better if like afterwards, like you see like stuff happening in in you, and it's like people just doing it then. 
but yeah, in, in the moment, probably probably better that they didn't do that. It's just fun to think about. Um, so yeah, any other thoughts on this scene? Because I feel like this is the best part of the film. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not being controversial <laughs> saying that. No, I. It's just. I've, I've seen a fair few number of movies that have made me, like, ball my heart out this year. And it's still a testament to, like, this is one of the ones that touched me the most, just solely because of, like, the meaning and, like, the anguish behind it all. Like, I mean, we still have a little bit more, like, movie to cover in terms of, like, the rest of the, the, the last bit of plot. Yeah. But, like, the way everything builds up and sort of releases all of these emotions in this moment is just so intense and it is so very well done. And I'm like astounded. Like the yeah. fact that even when I rewatched it this morning, I was like, this still gets me. This is, has literally gotten me every single time. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful and powerful and vulnerable. And I think that's yeah. what really, really sells it is if the vocal performance didn't have that degree of vulnerability and like, you know, tenderness to it i i don't think it would it would have come across as as powerfully as it does and yeah you know that's again that speaks to the talents of both the japanese and english voice actors they they both knocked it right out of the bark just yes wow 100 i like and no actually i'm gonna i'm gonna mention that later i was about to say some dub versus sub stuff but i, I will wait for that because Let, let's cover let's we cover got the, more movie to talk about let's cover the rest of the film because there's not yeah. much more to it so um, yeah. i mean much like much like summer wars this movie has two climaxes <laughs> so there's still unfinished business um i would argue that some well summer wars just kind of like it keeps the climax keeps on going as it were like this this, I, I this, like, one, this the, one has a very climaxes. brief lull and then it shoots up again yeah but yeah the two climaxes it, like they they serve two different characters like it, it, it definitely yeah, felt like the distinct chunks of the movie to me fair yeah fair no so, I, I get what you mean yeah so this is basically the climax for uh you um because after this point i don't believe we return to you um, no, it's all it's all there, there, I, from here on. Is like, there is there not like just like a brief moment showing Belle singing or something, or am I imagining? No, uh, like she returns to Belle, and that's the end of this of of the uh, million miles away scene, right. um, where she returns to okay. Belle on the back of uh, Yoko, I have very bad whale, Yoko and John, is... or whoever they decide to call it in this one. Um, <laughs> so who sort of loves whales? Like yeah, there's there's Yoko and John from Summer Wars. Uh, there's like the the whale she's riding in the opening scene of this movie. Yeah, and then the whale comes back for this scene. And if you look carefully in the background, the whale seems to be like a, a mascot or maybe like guardian spirit of the the town that Suzu and Hirdo live in. Oh wow, okay. Uh, interesting. There's a lot of whale like signage and iconography around. Yeah, yeah. Windfish. Interesting. Um, the um yeah so so yeah the used on with like the whole Justin stuff that was obviously you know he was clowned on the, his sponsors leave by he, the way uh, yeah, yeah all of his sponsors gets, start leaving as yeah. Suzu starts belting it out and like his, it his is this balls very funny exposed mo- live on stream yeah exactly exactly he's being it's this very being... funny moment like that like it gives you like a brief like 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 a sad laugh as you're like sobbing over like the rest of this happening because <laughs> Susie was so vulnerable and it's it's a very like great like just sudden like emotional whiplash for a brief moment. Yeah, it's a it's a brief chuckle. It's a brief chuckle. Um very brief. The briefest of chuckles. <laughs> um so yeah, this happens and that so yeah, she's used on with like obviously, you know, the beast's identity's been revealed and, and now it's a real world problem, as it were. Uh, almost like there's no difference really between the internet and the real world. Like yeah. uh, I don't know. And it's, then this is don't know if you it that continues one on from what I said of like they, they all work together to figure out where 
they K and Tomo are in Tokyo. Yeah, so this is bullshit. Um, they use the CSI stuff to like look through a window on like a tiny like four four eighty p video, and they look at two tower blocks and they go, "Oh, that must be this district here in Tokyo, or whatever." Kamishin knows it because it's in the background of a, a photo he took with his canoe team. No, I'm sorry. Like it's not a okay. I wouldn't. I'm not removing. I'm not taking points or whatever from this film for this, but. If we're going to talk about the scene, I'm going to call it bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it just Tom is. Tom doesn't believe in the power of friendship confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> this film... It, Tom it... doesn't believe that a group of weird high schoolers and some old <laughs> ladies could figure out where two <laughs> children live. With Google Maps. Um, With Google Maps. <laughs> power of Google Maps and like... These guys are really good at Foursquare. Oh, no, no, not Foursquare. Uh, GeoGuessr. Um, that's, that's my, that's my headcanon. Okay, I, I had canon accepted. Kamenshi watched. Um, Kamenshi, whenever he's not canoeing, he's watching Germa. He's watching Germa play GeoGuessr. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, so um, they're, they're in Tokyo. I feel like that was probably a choice between like, okay, we don't want to make him like the next town over, but also given the nature of you, they could literally be in like you know Germany or somewhere. So like, what do we do? Oh, we just have to sit there in Tokyo. Sod it. Um, and they go to Tokyo. It, like Suzu gets on a, she gets driven to train station, gets on a train, gets on a bus, all that. Goes to Tokyo and finds them. Granted, T- Tomo is kind of wandering around the neighborhood. Like she is, she, she is actually calling out for them. And yeah, like, that, it's that. implied that he heard her voice, and that that's why he he went yeah. outside. So that's good. And so, it's implied no less that like in the rain, she is searching for a while. Yeah. So yeah. So then Kay comes out and he's not entirely sure still, but like Tomo is like you know 100 on board with the idea that Sue is Sue, this this girl is Belle, um, and uh, and then the dad comes out and he's like being shitty again, um, and they're just hugging each other, and then the dad's like, "Who the hell are you? Go away!" Uh, which valid question to be fair, just you know not 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 coming out of his mouth, um, <laughs> and um, and he like basically assaults her like she he like rips yeah, he, the skin on her face it's it's pretty graphic yeah like he he tries to grab her and in in failing to do so like doesn't scratch but like tears a chunk of her face off like with his fingers like it, yeah it, 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 it's very rough it's an interesting like uh but it's, it's kind of like parallel to earlier when like justin was interrogating her bell because like justin literally had like a bell by the head like in his gigantic cartoon hand or whatever, but his 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 threats just felt like completely flaccid. Like there's like nothing. He was not intimidating in the slightest, really. Um, whereas like this guy, this dad, is because of the nature of it being a the real world and this guy, like literally the subject matter, like he does come across as threatening. Um, and like he's literally grabbing her, trying to pull her by the head, and like ends up tearing at her the skin on her cheek. So she just turns around and gets right in his face. And he's yeah, like, and like he, no. he raises his fist and bellows at, like right in her face, and she doesn't even flinch. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah. huge he's a huge coward. Uh, he can't do shit. He's a paper tiger. Yeah, there's a girl who's like maybe like two years older or something than his like oldest son, who has, he has no problem be- beating up. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because they're outside or something. Who knows? But like he can't do it. And then he, I think uh, he's just not used to people standing up to him. Yeah, that's like, yes, that's that's the point. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, I think I always, I thought of it as that, and like the the idea of like raising his like hitting a woman, 
but also like when you see there's a, there's a painting in the beast castle of um a woman who is is Tomonke's mom with like the face like broken. Yeah. So I mean that theory may not play out super well depending, but it's de- it's definitely very much like he is actually just a coward when someone is willing to stand up to him yeah. but because of the abuse he's yeah. given to his two sons, they haven't been able to. And it's been more yeah. of them defending he, themselves. I'm, I'm just, yeah, like, he yeah. has authority over them. If they fight back, he could, like, kick them out of the house or, like, you know, do worse to them. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's... it's they, you can you can read into why the mom left, like, you know... Or died. Or, or died. She, she either died I, or she left for reasons. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty way, sure she, she died. Gone. Because he's 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 being interviewed on the news, and they said it's been hard for the kids ever since you know they lost their mom. Oh, um, I do not think they would be interviewing someone if you know she, she left him for being an abuser. I don't think he, he like okay. I, I, I the one thing I wouldn't uh, the one thread that I wouldn't follow all the way is if like uh, the suggestion that like he, he killed her or something. I don't know. I de- okay. definitely not. Right. Definitely not. Right. Good. Good. Um. But the yeah. So yes, you're right. Yeah. He, he, as soon as someone stands up to him even a little bit, even if it's like. A schoolgirl, um, he can't deal with that. Yeah, and it's... yeah, like his his last his last like desperate gasp is trying to like just scream in her face while threatening physical violence, and when she doesn't flinch to that, he just turns tail and runs away. Yeah. So, and then it's great, and then they have a moment where like Kai Kai becomes fully convinced that she is Belle uh, in the moment where yeah. they're hugging, and there's like a flashback to the scene, the, like an embrace that they have during the yeah. In the and it's, number. it's such an interesting reframing of their relate, like because the traditionally in Beauty and the Beast, you know, Belle and the Beast have a romance, but in in this movie, it reframes it as like she is like the protective mother figure that their family needed. Yeah, like yeah, it's interesting. She, like they just yeah. needed someone to stand up for them and to you know comfort them and tell them everything's okay. And like that's not a romantic thing. That's just like they need someone to care for them because no one cared for them. I do, and... I, I, I do think Asoda maybe has a bit of fun's not the right word, maybe, but like he, there's an explicit choice for KK to say to, to Suzu, "I love you," and so the I thing mean, is, he, yeah, he only says in that the in dub, the sub. He doesn't and, do that. Yeah, he only says it in the sub, and the word he. So this is this is getting a bit in the weeds, it but in, yeah, there yeah, are this, no, words. this is something I noticed last night and was like, wait, yeah. I do not remember him saying "I love you" in the in the. There, dub, there so. are multiple words for love in Japanese. The word he uses explicitly is not romantic love. Interesting. Okay. 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 Cool. So you could you could definitely still interpret it as romantic love if you were so inclined for whatever reason, but it's basically just his way of saying like I like I appreciate you, like I you're really important to me. They already, yeah, that uh, was they, my they, thought, but but seeing that at the end, I was like, I sort of had like that blink and like bake, taken aback type of thing of like, wait, yeah, did that happen? Because the connotation, least, yeah, like, the connotations of I love you can be very different in Japan depending yeah. on how you're saying it. There's a moment in. Um, AI, the Nirvana Initiative, where a character says I love you to another one, and um, people debated the meaning of that until they checked the Japanese script and went, oh yeah, no, that's explicitly the romantic love word. Yeah, or like, I think it's also like a cultural thing, like, say, like, when, at least for me, like, being an American, when I hear someone say I love you, like, for most of my life, it has been a matter of, like, romantic love. Meanwhile, now I can say... Hey Mina, hey Tom, I love you both. Like that's that's obviously like more of yeah. a friendship thing, which I do. You both are great, by the way. Yeah, right um, back at you. You're a really so, good friend, Sloane. 
Wow, dang, I see how it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> Sorry, hit, hit me and hit the log off beam. <laughs> I've been logged off so many times. Up. Like yeah. you can't you can only log me off once. And I, I, no. I'm I'm vulnerable. But yeah, like it, it's it's that thing of like at least for in terms of a cultural difference. So when I saw that last night, I was like kinda like, whoa, wait. And then when I watched it again this morning, because I watched it twice. I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense because in the dub he refers to, he's like, you're my hero. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that gets across the meaning of the the meaning of what he says without having the like the connotations of the word love. Cause like you said, yeah, like two Americans, that's a very loaded phrase. Yeah. Um so changing yes. it to you're my hero communicates that better. Yeah, sure. Fair enough then. Um but yeah, I took I took that as what it meant anyway. Just to be clear, I wasn't I wasn't still like like they they explicitly reject it earlier on when Bell goes in for smooch and then he's like, no, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And it's like, oh shit, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, she just yeah. She, she just nuzzles him instead, which yeah. is what he like. He seems a lot more receptive to that because that's what he needs. He just needs comfort. And, he doesn't need love. And yeah. like they could have done a thing where he changes his mind when he realizes Bell isn't like a forty year old woman or something. But like, um, <laughs> there's uh, no, it's not that. It's not played in that. Yeah, yeah. and like substone shouldn't change that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've seen people complaining that like it feels weird their relationship, and like let's let's be entirely frank. Even if it was explicitly romantic, there's two years between them. It's not actually that weird. <laughs> like yeah, and yeah. also like there's like essentially like there isn't much there. I feel like where like you could feel weird about like for me, it feels weird, but more of a matter of like the idea of presenting like a romantic relationship when obviously like there is the whole uh, Suzu Shinobu thing as opposed to wow this is weird he's like a year or two younger than her that's not right type of deal <laughs> yeah if, if if the relationship was her and Tomo that would be weird but it's that, not that would be no good <laughs> okay if you want to say uh, just generally speaking if you want to say this feels like you know over over um not overemphasized but like you know it's it's superlative in, in a way that like I think a lot of you know, hey, this is probably not your first anime. Like, come on, you know how things these things go. Like, things can be a bit over the top. In, in yeah. films in general, like, that's just that's just how it is. But I like that this is a very specific emotion of someone's, you know, selflessness being, you know, the gratitude for that being equally enormous is uh, yeah. is is really sweet. So Cause, yeah, because it, it does really show the depth of like what these two have experienced together in such a short time and like that bond they've come to form as quick as it has been and like the way that Suzu has gone out of her way dropped everything traveled literally across Japan to help these two people out absolutely when they could have literally just waited 48 hours and and hoped that like child protective services or its equivalent in Japan would have done something so this is yeah yeah this this is this is the end of the film. Like this is. Yeah. Susie does travel back to Japan, uh, back to uh, her home. And... Yeah, and she she reconciles with her dad and Shinobu and everything. But yeah, this is this is where the film's emotional climax it reaches its denouement. I will say yeah. that the stuff with her dad, maybe I would have liked like an extra scene or something where that kind of gets explored a little more because I understand what's going on there. Like, don't get me wrong; it's not like I was lacking comprehension of it. It's just, you get a few scenes where her dad's like, do you want food? Or that basically just trying to have some sort of connection with her. And she's like, nope. Um, and then at the end, she, when she goes away, which is a great scene, by the way. And I mentioned the, the line that I really liked from, from the dad. But yeah. uh, you have the scene where they're, they're texting and she's like, I'm going away. 
uh, I just need it for for the day or something. I just need to do something. Uh, and he's like, sure. And they have that exchange, and that's why he's waiting for her when she comes back. Uh, and I feel like there could have been another scene where maybe they go a bit deeper into that, and like he maybe, I don't know, maybe he like tries to push like push it a bit, push the issue a bit, because like, you know. It's obvious that he he would he will he would want the connection with his daughter. He he sort of does when he's like, you know, Suzu, if you're in trouble, and she like immediately pushes him away again, and then you see like yeah, there is her that. come downstairs, and and it has like the peaches, and she's like, oh, like our neighbors gave us some peaches, have some, and she like she uses that with her and Ruka's tea. Like there is that. Yeah, I, I get what you mean, but I think having it so subdued because so much of suzu's like trauma is based around loss of her mother and sealing herself off from her her only family in the process is such a big part of it that like trying to have like say like her dad like having thoughts of like i just wish my daughter and i could bond or something or like them trying to interact more would feel kind of weird that's just like a me thing it's meant to be very understated yeah and i I think it is ultimately effective in that when i when i just think about it like in terms of what that relationship like the importance of that it just it just feels like it's it's a bit funny that that feels less important than like her relationship with you know shinobu for example um yeah no like yeah so so there is that but it's i think what there is in the film works really well so uh that's you know hey talk about what's there not not what's not there so um just, just a thought. But yeah, the, he's out there, he's there, and then like he's the one to greet her and so on, and and they have the nice moment where he goes, "Do you want food?" and she's like, "Yes," and it's like, "Yes." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then and then and then the friends uh, greet her, and then you have the moment where they're like walking off together in the by the river, to, and they talk about the quiet group and so on, and and, and Shinobu's like, "Okay, I can finally start like stop like stressing over you now." Um, I can, like, I can be your friend now as opposed to like being <laughs> your protector because now you have shown strength. Yeah, it, it's it's a sweet moment. The student has become the master, you could say. Yeah, yeah, it's a sweet moment. And um, and then it ends there. So, yeah, <laughs> just, just, just really good. Um, the Novacast, we're not going to do a synopsis last recap of bell the novacast does the synopsis slash recap of bell well <laughs> I, mean, I like we, i like we were analyzing it along the way no, <laughs> i i know i'm just making a joke of like it is such a good movie that hey i don't mind like recapping it because it just means i'm thinking about bell again and that's yeah. great yeah yeah, like, yeah it's cool i i know multiple people uh well rather i've seen multiple people online um complain that the k and tomo story doesn't get quote-unquote closure because it doesn't explicitly show you know what happens to them and like i think that's kind of missing the point like the the point isn't that they needed someone to come and save them the point is that they need someone to stand up for them and now that they have that like they're capable of taking things into their own hands and whatever yeah. happens next you know um the characters don't know that so we don't know that i mean yeah, like, that was sort of like one that... of my things of like i would like to see the closure of that but only because but more in the sense of i just want to see more movie as opposed to i want this spelled out for me type of deal look if they if they yeah. if they still have problems or you know like as severe problems I, I suppose like they have they now have a friend who will gladly jump on like several public transport and go over there and like me mug their dad like so you know, there's they they have support mechanisms, is what I'm trying to say. Like, they, yeah, they, like they are no longer you, like if the, within within 24 hours after the movie's end, like they can call the police and have them deal with that. And like now, now that they have the strength to stand up to their dad, like they can actually. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, Kate does say like 
part of his refusal of like any sort of support when they first discover them is like he says like oh you know people have spoken to my dad before and so on and like nothing happens and so on blah blah but i feel like it's it's not it's not hard to like go well hang on bells uh, suzu is now basically like an internet mega celebrity at this point like i feel like if she yeah she could just start like hashtag fuck this guy campaign and then and then <laughs> and then her dad obliterate this man from orbit yeah exactly like make, nuclear make strike unhireable. like hey th- this film doesn't have a nuclear strike but it very well could have the equivalent of one uh through, if, uh, if this was real life yeah. that man life would be ruined in a matter of days and that would be a good thing exactly like come on you, you can easily connect the dots between how things are left at the end of this film and how things could then would just like hijack uh susie's body while she's asleep and have her log on to you and just start a hashtag against this guy also like what like no i don't think this film at any point suggests there's like a simple solution for anything like you know yeah even it it doesn't need to even even when solution even when there are solutions that are like appear to be the you know the correct thing to do like susie doing the performance like that still requires a lot of well, you know, in that case, energy and, and, like, emotional power to, like, actually make happen and so on. Um, it's not, yeah, these things aren't easy. You have to keep working at things and so on. So it's not going to be an overnight save. And it would be a huge disservice to people who, that go through this trauma in real life to suggest that, like, yeah. having one, like, you know, plucky schoolgirl show up and... and shoot daggers into the eyes of the, of the abuser is just going to solve the day. Like, no! Like, that's not, and you don't need to like then. Yeah, there's no, there's no simple solution to that. There's no way this film could have ended, giving someone a definitive sense that everything's going to be okay when it chose yeah. to do the subject matter. It does. If you want to say that this yeah. subject matter isn't something that a film like this should be pursuing, then I mean, I disagree. But also, I think the film handled it with absolute grace. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I did not see this coming at all, and so when it started to hit, I was like, is this the direction they're going? Yeah. And, I, I, got, I, mean, I got spoiled For, for reference, I, I watched this with my parents who, I mean, like, the only anime movies they see with me is, like, uh, like the Pokemon one, <laughs> and, like, when my dad, yeah, when my dad took me to see, like, other Pokemon movies past the first one type of thing, like, they aren't well-versed in this, but they both very much enjoyed it, and also, like, we were all surprised at, like, how things ended up, and also, like talked about, like, yeah, like, this movie actually handled this, like, super gracefully and super well when it could have just as easily just messed everything up completely just because of the topic and the gravity of it. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm saying all this based on, like, not having personal experience with it, so if there's a perspective out there from someone who has been through that and is and is willing to, you know, talk about that, then that's something I'd certainly be interested in seeing, um, you know, but um, yeah, that's that. I mean, based on I, I, I believe enough of my sense of empathy to take this shit seriously. So, um, yeah, yeah. based on what I saw, um, it was uh, it did not cross any lines or come anywhere remotely close to taking this stuff too lightly. So, yeah, uh, in, my, in my yeah, I don't know. Opinion. I just I feel like people who complain about like the quote unquote lack of closure. Um, I don't, don't want to say that they, they want things like spoon-fed to them or whatever, but it just it feels like the movie is making a point by not showing it. Like it's oh, it's yeah, not yeah, just like a exactly. you know you know like it's not just laziness or like they forgot to show what happens. Like they are they are intentionally denying you information because that is the story they want to tell. Like they want you to be confident in the fact that they'll be okay 
even without having to actually see it. Ultimately, this is a story about Suzu and her vulnerability, and it uses this. Um, it tells this story about how she finds herself in a situation. Well, in a few situations. First, the situation of being Belle, and then the situation of, you know, Kay and Tomo, um, and how that helps her grow um, or realize who herself, I suppose, is more accurate rather than growing. Yeah. And that's the story. It, it helps her find that kindness that, as uh, her father says, that like she grew up with thanks to her mother type of thing. Yeah. So this uh-huh. this this film like deciding to like end on the note of Kay and Tomo probably wouldn't be entirely narratively like fulfilling, so to speak. Like, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't agree with that notion. Yeah, at all. like you don't need the end of the movie to be like say the police coming in or something like. It ends on a. It has that moment, which is very, both like upsetting, but very like, triumphant feels like the wrong word, but it kind of is because like the, of the way Suzu stands up to this, this bully basically. Like, I mean, he's so much more than that, obviously, but it is the idea of like standing up to the bully type of deal of like she's standing up to this abuser, and then it kind of goes to this lighthearted thing of like she's back, like she reconciles with her dad and Shinobu, like, you know, it it's. It helps to end on, like, that sort of, like, I wouldn't say bittersweet note, but it is, like, there is, like, this sort of, like, plot thread that's sort of left to dangle, and that's okay. Like, yeah, it's, it's not it's not everything needs to be closed completely. Yeah, it's it's ambiguity. I, I understand the desire for, for closure and for definitive knowledge that these boys are going to be okay after everything they suffered from, but, like, I think that's kind of the message of the movie. You, you gotta trust them. They say they're going to yeah. be okay, you have to trust they're going to be okay. That's yeah. that's a that's an incredible way to put it. Yeah, this film is literally... Oh, also, imagine imagine going through all the stuff with, like, the justices and so on, and then, like, the film ends on the note of, like, here's the cops here to save the day. It's like... <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Hang on. That um, would not be a good movie. Yeah, this, this, this film is very pro, um, you know solutions and pro direct action <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah direct action yeah but also more more importantly Suzu just like, and Hiroka join the black block more through like community and like bonds and so on rather than solidarity you know, rather yeah. than like yeah. you know authority as it were so, and i mean yeah. that's like that is yes. that is a lot of the purpose of Hisoda's work right is community and unity and yeah uh, yeah coming together in times of great need like we see that in yeah, all working with the emails, some rewards with everyone's avatars. We see this with the the big music number at the end, and then uh, in a on a more micro level, Suzu and her friends and the choir ladies all helping to find this these two children and help get her to them. It is always it is always his work is always about like coming together and the good that that can do. Yeah, and on on, yeah. on, on the way, he t- he always finds some time to like. At least between Summer Wars and this, he finds some time to sort of spit on the notion of like monoliths in control, like whether it's like the notion that everything can be like looked after through a single, you know, entity that is Oz. Uh, everything falls apart immediately. Then uh, to the notion to to like the uh, assholes in the justices trying to like. Bill literally says you're just you're just an you know you're just an idiot who wants to have control and so on. You're, that's all you're interested in. It's not really particularly interested in like making that the the core uh, thesis of the film, but like it, it's very much more interested in the other other side of that coin. But it was to still take some time to like take the piss out of you know authority, which is which is quite fun. Um, yeah, it yeah. Is nice. I think that's a a great way of putting it. These movies 
most of Hosoda's movies are about community over authority. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Like, when, when the powers that be fuck up, you need to rely on each other. Like that's it all you have to stand It is literally not a joke to, to say that, like, a lot of this is based around, like, uh, direct action. And yeah. Yeah. And like, it's not even... And, and, like, I wouldn't... You know, it's not, like... It's, it's also not something that could be read as like a you know an anti-government spin or anything like that. By the way, when we yeah. say that, it's like it's very. It is, I don't think these are any by any means like libertarian fantasies or anything like that. It's just, oh no, it's yeah. just it like it's, it's, it's taking place. These are both taking place within the structures of things, and it's like it's more. Yeah, it's more it's, just justifying. Those can exist, but you need to have the fundamentals down, and the fundamentals yeah, being family and community and so on. Yeah, it's more critiquing bureaucracy rather than, you know, yeah, government what, itself. I suppose so. Like in, yeah. in both Summer Wars and um, our war game, like, you know, there's there's major danger caused by the breakdown of communications and bureaucracy not knowing how to handle that. And the answer in both cases is community. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's community that ends the up stopping The answer in our war Mar-a-Lan. game's case is... Wow, these kids sure have some cool wolves and dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, uh, our, our war game, as, <laughs> well, as as much as I enjoy it, it's a bit it, well. It's certainly undercooked when it comes to like the themes and so on. But I still, I well, mean, at, the, the at themes the same of time, are still there. But it's, yeah, it like, doesn't there's... lean so heavily on like the the direct action and like the bureaucracy breaking down. Yeah, aside from like, the fact it's... that like the the bug launched the nukes. Sure. Yeah, it's not the military that stopped the nukes. It was everyone banding together, and you know. <laughs> using yes, their power yes. to transform a dinosaur and a wolf into a knight so that you yeah. can shoot them in the face. But it's not. It's also not like I. I, I wouldn't consider our war game. You know, it, again, it's making fun slightly at the notion that like this Digimon that's like five five hours old or whatever can can launch can hack into the military and launch a nuke because the military yeah. suck ass. Like because he's a hungry boy. But it's not as explicit as our war as a small wars is where it's like. Oh hey, the military built this thing that could just destroy everyone's livelihoods and in cases, some cases, yeah. lives. And why and decided to test it? Why? Who knows? You know, like uh, they're assholes. Like yeah, it's just it's just part of the, the never-ending digital arms race. You gotta yeah. always have bigger and better weapons than your opponents. And then not only do they get a bigger and better weapon, but they're like, hey, what if we tested this on a country that we subjugated? Imagine <laughs> like a co- I I, I what feel, could possibly go wrong. I feel like. There is a version of this script that maybe existed at one point in time, maybe not, but maybe where a bell it, or our game, cumul- a bell, where it accumulated it, or, or towards the end, you had the justices involved to a point where they were able to launch a nuke <laughs> at the beast. <laughs> like, I definitely think that version of that script was at least contemplated at some point in time. <laughs> but, uh, but who knows? I'm glad that didn't happen. But it would have been funny if, if, if somehow this story still ended in the exact same climax as the previous two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Soda just really wants to to bring out the point of nuclear disarmament all along. He just really wants to bro- drop a nuke on Japan, which is really fucked up. But you know, it just keep it happened twice, and you know, it, yeah, I've, I've got I have two nickels suddenly. Yeah, wow. Yeah, well, it wasn't Tokyo the second time, but you know, close enough. Um, we um, we have an email about this. About this, do you want? Do you think we should read that now, or did anyone have any? Yeah, yeah, we can we can read that. Let's now just sure. do it. Yeah. We're, so, uh, if you want to send us any emails about the stuff we're, we're watching, which uh, this week was Bell, but normally is um, Digimon, then you can send that to diginovacast at gmail.com. That's D-I-G-I-Novacast at gmail.com. Or head over to our Twitter at diginovacast, exact same spelling. And uh, drop us a line, whether you're just giving your thoughts on stuff or you're asking us a question or, you know, 
uh, complaining about something we fucked up, <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> uh, we always appreciate reading emails, regardless of their subject matter, as long as it's not like something gross or uh, demeaning, which we've been sent a few times. <laughs> not by people, thankfully, but by robots. Um, and yeah, we just always love reading it. Um, so speaking of our beloved readers and the beloved mail they send us, or I guess our beloved listeners, rather. Um, we've got one from Amy this week. Uh, it just says, Bell OVA is a subject line, and it says... I really love Belle. It's such a fun movie. Before I get into my thoughts on it, I want to say I find it hilarious that out of the three movies in this trilogy, Summer Wars was the last one I saw, even though it's probably the most mainstream uh, of the three. I only watched Summer Wars on my first date with one of my partners. Uh, then I was told that this is just like the Digimon movie. Uh, <laughs> check it out. And then we watched our war game right after. Uh, anyway, I saw Bella in a Discord call at 2am, so my memory of the middle of the film was really hazy. But I love that the climax of the film was that they're just going to go find these two kids and don't actually do it in any other living situation. Um, it's so insane of them to do. I genuinely thought they were about to stage a kidnapping or adoption or something. Um, but I guess there wasn't time to get into the logistics of getting them out of there. Uh, I once saw someone say Bella was a mess, and after seeing his ending, I agree, but it's a mess that I love. I think um I think it's messy in terms of the things that like uh the film I don't right into a corner maybe isn't the term but it might be uh, just the notion of like where the film ends up at a point where Bell Susie and the folks need to rescue these kids from the situation and they're in but they're like absolutely nowhere near them um, and it's just like uh, okay it's a little S- smash cutty S- in Susie's a way of now, like but- it- yeah, of we have to smash cut to get Suzu there and then smash cut back type of deal. Yeah. And I get how I, it is like a little messy. I don't think it's a bad thing no. necessarily. I, not I once saw a critic um, talking about this film say that the plot is rickety, but the emotions land. And I think that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. why some of the plot stuff doesn't matter as much to me is because if a movie is accomplishing what it's setting out to do, which in this case is to you know make you feel things... Um, and ponder the, like, the themes of what it's trying to say. I'm okay with it taking a few narrative shortcuts to get there. Like, Yeah, if, agreed. If you need to you know, bend over backwards a couple times to make your metaphors work, that's totally fine. I, I love that stuff. That's, yeah. that's, I think, why when you have, uh, when you have messy plots in stuff like, like you know, Marvel films or whatever, a lot of the time it just hits extra hard because a lot of those films lack the real, you know, beating heart that a film like this has. Yeah. They, they lack yeah. the heart, they lack the core themes and ideas and like emotional beats. And when they do, yeah. it's more forgivable. Like, you know, I watched Ms. Marvel recently, I thought it was really good because it has a great core, you know, it really nails the family stuff at the core of the thing even if the plot around the plot is like, you know, whatever, you know. But like, I, I feel like that always wins over and I feel like it's just a general thing. Like, people love to do the itchy and scratchy like plot hole picking game, but Ultimately, I think people will always, you know, um, be happy if the emotional stuff is is, is down pat. And uh, hot take. Yeah. Sometimes plot holes aren't bad. So I think yeah, this is yeah. the third movie that uh, Mamoru Hosoda has written himself. Um, okay. He wrote the the Boy and the Beast, uh, Mirai, and now Bell. And I think there is a clear okay. distinction between the movies that he's written himself and the movies other people have written. Um, I don't think that he is the best writer in terms of, like, plot and structure, but he definitely nails the emotional stakes of everything he sets out to do. Like, you know, this this movie isn't as, like, tightly constructed as Summer Wars or Wolf Children, perhaps, but, like, you still feel exactly what the movie wants you to feel when it wants you to feel it. 
And yeah. I absolutely think he improved, like, all three movies. I, I, I think The Boy and the Beast is my least favorite of his films. I wasn't a huge fan of it at all. Um, Mirai was a step up, but still not, like, as captivating as Summer Wars or Wolf Children or, or War Game. But then this movie is, like, just up there with the other ones. Like, just incredible. It's amazing. And yeah. I'm glad that he's learning with every movie. Like, um, he's improving his craft, uh, both I as a director a hot, and as a writer. I have a hot take. Uh, so a while back, I stated that our War Game, I think, was my favorite of his, like, Internet of Things trilogy which was kind of controversial, but I also mentioned, like, a lot of it is nostalgia and just, like, the love I have for, like, the the aesthetic and sort of, you know, the, the characters. It's very yeah. much driven by, like, franchise nostalgia. I think after these reviewings, I think Bell is my favorite in terms of this trilogy just because it really hits hard. Like, I think our War Game does, too. It hits very effectively in terms of, like, say, like, the, the climax of... Like, Garurumon and Wargreymon have been defeated, and, like, they go into the computer. I think that's incredible. That will always sort of, like, fill me with, like... So, like, that will always give me goosebumps. But this, like, genuinely is, like, broken me down in, like, incredible sobs. Um, it is just... It's just so powerful, and the... And it has a lot of homages to Digimon or Wargame that, like, in, like, super nice, like, HD is like yeah. yeah like i like this like seeing the uh, the beast grab the scaffolding or seeing justin create the cannon that has like the lion's head that reminded me of uh, omnimon's gururu cannon type of deal like those are little things that i do like the leonardo dicaprio like pointing at the screen thing for and it activates <laughs> the neurons in my head but even more than that like it is just such like a, a well-made heartfelt story yeah no absolutely it's this this movie like like i said it, as as long as the movie accomplishes its goals, I think that is good enough for me. Like I, there are some movies that I adore that I have heard people call like shit or like bad or whatever. Like <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time is Sunshine, which is extremely polarizing. People say that the ending is trash and like you know it ruins the rest of the movie and whatnot. And like I just don't agree with that. Like, I, I can't. I think movies are allowed to be messy. They can still be great. Nothing has to. Uh, Art doesn't have to be like perfect and yeah. you know uh smooth it, it doesn't need to be like bereft of flaws for it to be yeah. amazing if you if you make something ironclad eventually you're going to work so hard on making it ironclad and like infallible that like the rest of it is going to give to some degree i yeah, don't mind it'll, it'll like they're, they're having plot holes in this because the plot holes aren't the aren't the point of the movie the point of the movie is the emotional impact that mama yeah, Masoda it, is trying to provide yeah, in, in this post-CinemaSins world, I think <laughs> the more people try to like sand down any rough edges art has, the more manufactured it feels. There is literally, like, yeah. literally a line in this film, the characters are talking about Belle, and they say something along to the extent of, um, she's our perfect princess because she's not perfect, or, or that isn't perfect, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I like, think, yeah, I think in the, in the dub she says, they, they say she's perf- perfect in her imperfection. There we go, even better. Yeah, yeah that's... There we go. And the, that, that the, describes this, this movie. This literal film describing itself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. It's, it's, yeah, I don't think it's that messy, but I think it is, you know, I think the things that it does, I think where it does get messy, they're not in meaningful ways. They don't uh, yeah. conflict yeah. with anything uh, that the film is trying because, to do. Because, yeah, so. 
as, as we talk, like, some of the messiness comes from, like, say, like, the ending sort of wrapping up very quickly and, like, well, like, the movie isn't about Kay and Tomo at, as it is about uh, Suzu type of thing. So, like, there, you can't get a concrete ending on that without going through, like, another, like, hour's worth of going in-depth as to what Tomo and Kay experience in, like, escaping their household type of thing. Or, like sort of like some of like the inner workings of you because it's it's set, it's set dressing. Obviously there's a lot to you that is like important, but it the construction of you and everything that that is ultimately like world building as opposed to pure meaningful uh purely meaningfully providing like for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the email. Um, Thank you for the email. Yes, um, I'm not sure how. I, I I commend the energy, not not the energy. I commend your ability to watch a film in a Discord call at two a.m. Because <laughs> I don't really powerful. I don't know how. I don't know if I could do that. I'm very very picky. I was. I, I... the closest I came was uh, finishing the the Snyder cut at two a.m. So you know what? <laughs> now that seems like it would deserve that kind of um, that kind of um, environment. Um, but it's very much like I'm very much the person. Is, you know the old Christopher Nolan memes about like watching Dunkirk on like my you know iPod four or whatever, uh, the, the, <laughs> or on on three DS Netflix or whatever. Yeah, the, the ideal experience as he intended. Um, but I'm very much that. Best. Watching watching Bell on three thousand eight hundred seventy four GBC cartridges. I watched Bell in IMAX when I saw it, so you know I was Man. watching it at home today on my TV in like you know some high definition. YouTube just said high definition. I would have liked to know exactly what, but anyway, and it's just like. Man, I really wish I was watching this in IMAX again. It's kind of like, oh shit, I kind of preemptively... Didn't you say you had to put up with squeeing fangirls though? So... No, at the end of the film, when uh, Shinobu's like, I don't have to look after you anymore, uh, and there's like the indication or whatever that like, they can actually, you know, be something more now. Um, there was like the... Um, and Wait, I, did I... they not squee over the true goat Kamishin? That's who I'm squeeing over. No, that, you see that man's horns crocs? Clearly. I think they were saving it for the end. I think they were I think they were like, you know, being professional. But, you know, over here we don't clap, we don't do any of that shit. We'll laugh, but that's about it when it comes to films. <laughs> but at the end they were like they they felt the freedom. No squeeing until it's over. They were finally vulnerable enough. They felt they felt they felt safe enough to have a vulnerable squee, <gasps> which is the theme of this film. Just to, it all makes sense now. I, I wish I hadn't said that's the theme of this film because <laughs> that's self evident. But there we go. Um, the tri- Thanks, tri- audience like idiots, apparently. Um, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for the email <laughs> again. Thank you for the email. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. Yes. Good. Always movie. looking at emails from you. Yeah. So next week. Does anyone else have anything, anything <laughs> last to say about Bell before we move on to our next week's on? I guess there, there there is one thing that I think is probably worth mentioning. Unfortunately, um, Ruka's voice actor has been in the news lately. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I was I was wondering who was going to bring that up, you or me, and you beat <laughs> me to the punch. I feel like I feel like this is topical. We should at least touch on it. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so um, Bell having a trans voice actor in an important role. Yay! That rocks. Love it. That same trans voice actor turning out this month to be a trans medicalist. Not great at all. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not great. Fuck that. 
Is that like... Hunter Schaefer, you gotta get the notes out of Apology Out. Is that like, you're not a real trans person unless you have procedures, etc. Have dysphoria that... and you medically transition. Okay. That sucks. It is basically deflecting transphobia at, like, non-binary people and people who don't transition. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Um... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about it. I, th- I feel like if we didn't mention it, people were going to ask why we didn't mention it, considering like it's it has been in the news a lot lately uh, online. Yeah. So I would like to yeah. believe and hope that maybe she's just dumb and didn't realize because Hollywood might have rotten her brain or something. But <laughs> yeah, granted, I, yeah. at this, this rate, like... at the fact that we've heard nothing yet, I'm gonna bet that's probably not it. Well, you know, can't all be winners, I guess. As in, <laughs> as in people, <laughs> including trans people. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I, like what? What? Spe- speaking of the dub, uh, the dub cast is really solid. Um, I watched the sub last night, and I think, and it might just be because of the fact, like I watched the dub first, but I really love the dub cast. Uh, I think Shinobu's voice in the dub is way better than his sub voice. I, that could just yeah. be me. He, in, sounds, in he sounds a lot more like cool and smoldering in the dub, which I feel fits his character. Sure. Yeah, I think. In general, I really like uh, the dub cast more than the sub cast. And, like, I generally have a preference for, like, dub over sub in general. But prior dubs of Hisoda's films have been pretty hit or miss in terms of, like, whether they they land the emotional aspect. I think that every single actor in this nails their role really well. Yeah. Also, shout-outs to two veteran Digimon voice actresses, Barbara Goodson and Wendy Lee, playing some of the old ladies. Yeah. You're always there Goodson, by our side. Barbara Goodson played Rita Repulsa in uh, Power Rangers. Oh, okay. I I feel like you mentioned that, but I just didn't know because I never really watched Power Rangers growing up. So it's like it's like one of my favorite bits of, of trivia, just because of how how silly it is. That's great. Like that's such an iconic and, and memorable voice, and then you find out that like, oh, she she did other stuff. She wasn't just like an actor in that. So yeah, Tom, you should watch the dub at some point. It's pretty good dub. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna grab the. You know, honestly, that was my original intention was to gra- grab the like Blu-ray or whatever, and I just, I just completely yeah. biffed the timing. Support that movie. Support, so. support Hasodasan. Yes, of course. Support, support. Good this anime. movie was robbed from the Academy Awards. <laughs> yes. There were a bunch of hack frauds. Yeah, just, just like Summer Wars. Summer Wars got robbed harder than any movie I've ever seen because um, it hit the like Funimation, who is the distributor of it, made sure it hit every single requirement for hitting animated best animated feature. But for some reason, the Academy considered 2009 to be a quote-unquote light year for animated features, which meant that instead of having the usual number of nominees, they had half the amount. And that was the only Wait, reason why Wait, I thought that movie came out this year, though. What? Light year. You oh. said light year. No. Next bit. Yeah, I was going to make a no. joke about how that's probably going to get nominated for an Academy Award by default, uh, even though everyone <laughs> fucking hates it. It'll so. probably win by default. And uh, when was, when was the last time Pixar, Pixar didn't get nominated for Best Animated Feature? Yeah. Cars 2? Exactly. Cars 2 Let probably even got nominated. I don't know. Uh, if we're talking about but, if we're talking yeah. about Cars two, I think it's uh, probably probably wrap this wrap this one up. I don't know. <laughs> it it didn't. I've got I've got confirmation. It did not get announced. Well, it got uh, it got nominated for the Golden Globes for best animated small film. Small miracles, I guess, that it didn't get but nominated. Only 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 nominated. It won the uh, ASCAP film for top box office film, which is its only like win. So happy miracles, I guess. Hmm. Anyways, 
enough talking about cars too. Yeah. Um, next week, because we are running pretty long. Next week, uh, we are covering episodes 38 through 39, potentially episodes 38 through 40 of Digimon Frontier. We're going to be in a very rough stretch, and we're probably going to, like, sort of adjust the schedule on the fly type of deal. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to cover all the, all the remaining episodes in the next episode, and then move on. We can't do that. <laughs> That's cheating. No, it's not, yeah, I, think, I, think, I thought taking this break would be a good thing, um, but I feel like it's just it like... Is. I am now like, I watched peak fiction, and now I'm going back to whatever the opposite of a peak is. Um, <laughs> uh, nadir. Yeah. Valley. Valley fiction. Valley fiction. Yes. A- Apex and Nadir are antonyms. Okay. I think that they they're applicable to these two works. <laughs> yes, the Nadir of fiction. The Nadir of my life. Yeah. Um, Put that on the box office quote. Digimon Frontier: The Nadir of Fiction. <laughs> God, can we can we preemptively call the next episode the Nadir of Fiction? <laughs> I think we, I, I think we can probably get that. I think we can do that. Yeah, I'll check with the producer, but I think we can probably work that can out. Can we call this one Tubular Bell? That's really good. Yeah, I just thought of that. <laughs> gotta gotta pay credits to Mike Goldfield. Yep, there you go. Yeah. So I'm not excited for next week, but we will watch Digimon Frontier again. We're in it for the long haul till the end. No more no more OVAs. We aren't talking about no live action Digimon. We aren't talking about other Hosoda films. We are talking about Digimon Frontier next week. So get ready. I will get ready. <sighs> I'm not ready, but I will get ready somehow. You 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 won't you'll think you've gotten ready, but when you see these episodes, you'll realize that you weren't ready. <sighs> yeah, bu- buckle in everyone. We're in for the long haul. Yes. The longest short haul of episodes imaginable. So, this has been the Novacast and thank you for listening. Thanks everyone. Thank you everyone. Yeah,